This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs. Sometimes you just got to travel to another dimension and fight yourself because you're going to disintegrate if you don't. And, you know, who wants to disintegrate? I'm just saying I'm trying to keep it real on the streets and I can't be keeping it real if I'm turning to sand and shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, so he has to go up in that dimension, pop a cap in a fool's ass who just happens to be himself in that other dimension. Oh, shit. That just w- got real. Word. So that's basically what the show's about. Hello, アニメアディクツアノニマスのライブブロードキャストを聞いていただきます。You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome to the 274th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, a very special con edition. That's I, right. I am your host today. My name is Kazuo, and I am joined by two of my close personal friends. Sitting to my left is the man himself, Mitsugi. I'm sitting here half naked in the convention hotel room, leaning very awkwardly over my microphone because we're not quite in our normal studio setup. But yes, we are at the Florida Anime Experience doing our our recording, so we have a lot to talk about regarding the convention. Awesome, and I'm also joined by the Moe Archangel herself, currently dressed up as Khaleesi. Yes. Chiaki, what's up? It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm that person at an anime con who's not dressed up like an anime character, but whatever. Nobody will know. I'm Khaleesi, I do what I want. Well, some people will recognize you and they'll know, but they won't care. Yeah, well, I had a couple people who, when I was walking by, they were like, Khaleesi, and I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You put your foot on their head and say beg for your life. No. Has that, she that's said not that really at any point can't. in the show? She says, she says it to the slavers. Oh. That's true. Oh, okay. does. But that is not an anime. That's true. So, we do talk about anime, though, here at the Anime Hedics Anonymous podcast. We do. And you can normally watch our show live every Sunday at 4 p.m. EST uh, on youtube.com slash C slash AAA podcast. Outside of that time, though, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at AAA Podcast or at aaapodcast.com with the new and improved website oh, yeah. and forums, which oh, look I amazing. Thank you. Thanks to your, uh, uh, was it uh, the web mistress? Is web mistress, yes. That's, the t- the, that's, what, that's what I call myself, and that's what uh, they call me because I started calling myself that. She's so. a benevolent web god. so following our housekeeping we're going to be discussing in this episode uh we're going to break down the character battle that we have going on on the website also we're going to talk about the the um crap the the convention (laughs) convention thank you brain not make work drinking too much oh no Uh, so we're going to talk about the con it's been a lot a lot of fun so far it's just day two so yeah i think we have some stories to talk about um well and some stories not to talk about Ever okay. again. Yeah. <laughs> so what stays at the con never leaves the con. <laughs> so uh, we're also going to be doing some more impressions. We still have a few more shows to do impressions on uh, for this season. We're going to do Ghost in the Shell Arise, Alternative Architecture. 
which that's the whole title. That's a uh, hey, it's Ghost in the Shell A A A. That's right. I noticed that. Uh, uh, wow. Also, we've got impressions on Plastic Memories, Hibeki Euphonium, Hokago No Pleiades, and Gunslinger Stratos. So uh, yeah. look forward to those. So let's talk about the convention, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the convention is, is really great. We've already done several panels. So Chiaki and I basically did our Go to Japan for $3,500 or less panel, like first thing, as soon as we were here, basically. You know, we came in and set it up and started doing it. And, and I, I thought the panel went really well. You know, it, the, the presentation was a little bit too long. It took, it, we, we went all the way up towards the end of the hour that we had, but... There was a pretty good crowd of people that attended, and, and we had yeah. some good questions. It, it, the room filled in pretty well, considering the time, because it, it was yeah. Friday at, what, like, 11 or something? Yeah. And well, so nobody's there, but it got pretty packed, and there was people asking lots of questions and some great information, for yeah, sure. Well, well that, I mean, that's a panel that normally will pack 200-plus people in, into the room, you know, or fill the room in general. But at noon on a Friday, you've got half the people that are in, at work still, and then the other half are in school. So yeah. it's kind of a difficult time to have a panel at all. Yeah. But, yeah. I got to tell you, it's, it's very odd being here at the convention with you guys in the manner in which I'm here. Because prior to this, this is my first convention uh, where I'm actually part of the show, you know, and part of the panels and stuff like that. It's just, it's a completely different world. It's very cool. I re- I'm really enjoying it. Um, and yeah, so we, we had some fun at the panel. Uh, we did another panel later on, which was right. the, uh, dating game, the cosplay dating game. Right. Now, how, now, now how did you, I wasn't really involved in that so much, a, l- a little bit. I, I, I worked the crowd a little bit, but how, how did you guys think that went? Uh, well, that was more Chiaki's baby. So well, uh, the great cosplay dating game is a, it's a really fun panel, but it's the type of panel that it really depends on the people who you get involved yes. and it, being at the time it was, we didn't have the crowd that what I normally like to have for the panel. So I think it was it was still a lot of fun, but it's definitely something that I usually like to see the room be pretty full during. Right. Yeah, we had to do it during the day, like four or five or something. And normally, it, as you were saying, it does better as an 18 plus panel. So we kind of had to uh, censor ourselves a bit, but it was still pretty fun. We had some some good laughs at that panel. panel. Um, yeah, and I... I I tried to throw in some some adult questions. Yeah, you know, of course I, you did. I well, I well, to we, we, well I thought we the envelope with fathers in the room. I thought we really needed it because I mean the it's a dating game, so, and, and the contestants just weren't asking interesting questions like "What is your favorite color?" is not an inter- an interesting question. So what was the one question I said? Oh, I, oh, I said so it was Princess Peach was the girl, and I said I said bachelors. If you lost your pin- Princess Peach in the crowded s- subways of Tokyo, please demonstrate your mating cry oh that you would use to find your love. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, whatever. Now, what was funny about that one is Princess Peach, who was the bachelorette, was, in fact, a, a man. man. <laughs> and yeah. the one, the bachelor who won was a woman. It was a woman. <laughs> dressed as a man. So we... <laughs> it was like, well, I guess that worked out. It worked out, but they were flip-flopped. <laughs> it was pretty fun. But, but it, that was a lot of fun. And then... Um, Later on, we helped out, or we judged the crossplay right. contest. Yeah, we were judges on the crossplay contest, and that was fun. We we got to do it again with our friend Tentacle Chris, who was on a hentai episode way, way years, back years, in the years day. Ago, years but, ago, uh, it's it's it was really fun to see him again and do that panel with him. He's a very charismatic person, and there was there was one girl who was in the crossplay contest who was crossplaying someone from Free. 
And she had, for anyone she who's seen... She was cross-playing uh, Rin, Rin, Rin. Yeah. She was cross-playing Rin from Free. And who, for anyone who's seen Free, you know, there's like, they wear like those swim jackets with the long swim trunks and then they just kind of like unzip the jacket. And this girl walks on the stage and she just like slowly unzips Unzipped her jacket. And I'm like, sitting there going... Uh, and like she's held together in there with packing tape and whatnot and i'm just like she said uh, she said it was a uh, packing tape and toilet paper packing tape toilet paper and i'm sure some prayers involved in there that tape's gonna rip her nipples off when she goes to take that off <laughs> it's it's probably going to be a miserable experience but but yeah the, the people that won though are the one the person that won was the uh she was dressed up as a character from black butler from black but- was which- the cl yeah, which I haven't really watched Black Butler, so I'm not familiar. But yeah. that, that her I, her costume was so intricate, and yeah. she had like the the contact lens with that symbol on it. I was like, oh my god, that's insane! Okay, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> so it was, it was pretty cool. Um, didn't have any guys though cross playing. It was no, just girls. No, no guys, no guys were caught. Princess I mean, Peach could have got up in there. It would have been a really easy prize for anybody who uh, you know wanted to do that because they would have automatically have won won the <laughs> prize. We also did four interviews yesterday. Oh, that's true. That the, was so much fun. Uh, the Florida Anime Experience, generally speaking, does a theme every year. Yes. And this year, the theme was Evangelion. So they had all of the all of the voice actors and actresses from the of the main pilots, mm-hmm. what Mari, Ray, Asuka, and Shinji, yeah. whom are the actor the act the actors are Spike Spencer, Spike Spencer. Brina Brina Palencia. Um, Trina Nishimura and and Tiffany Grant. And And we interviewed all four of those. They were all so cool. They were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the, some of the, some of the uh, sound bites from Trina's uh, (laughs) interview were so, are hilarious. I can't wait for you guys to hear them. Those are going to be up on iTunes very soon and, you know, in the coming couple days. So probably they'll be up before you even hear this episode. So go check them out on iTunes. And I, I think they're, I think they're going to be really enjoyable for you guys. Uh, Spike Spencer came in and kind of interview bombed. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Brina, I think it was. Or yeah, no, it, Trina, it, Trina. it was Trina's interview. Spike Spencer came in. You can you can definitely tell that there's some some fun chemistry and, and just fun people, yeah. like and, really and, good people. And Tiffany was like, I, I, I'd never really seen her before, Tiffany Grant, um, but... She was very informative in her interview. Yeah. She had a lot of really interesting commentary on the dub industry in general. So that was really cool. And she was so friendly. Yeah, and really re- nice. and uh, and really complimentary of our interview. Honestly, you know, at, we 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 ran into her and Spike last night c- coming out of the elevator, and she was like, "Oh, I was just talking about your interview, and you know, what a breath, what a fresh, what a breath of fresh air it was to actually be asked real questions and have like a <laughs> subject matter being, that I'm being interviewed about rather than just having the interviewer fangasm over me." Yeah, you know, the whole time. And I think we I had, had a, a good balance of questions. Yeah, like, you know, Chiaki was asking the very like technical and hard hitting questions, and I was asking the questions about like. Tell me about how you emotionally connect with a character and <laughs> trying to get in there and right and then see what the, what their creative process is just, like. Just trying to slide right in there. Yeah, I'm just trying to slide. You know, yeah, you know how I do. Yeah, uh, uh, we're not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I was really trying to go after in the interviews was I, I wanted to get sort of a barometer of of the of the state of the of physical media sales in the West, because I mean, you know, with with, with Funimation suddenly launching their their simulcast business online to sort of compete with Hulu and Crunchyroll, and, you know, it kind of makes me feel like the, the structure of the market has shifted in such a way that people just aren't really interested in buying physical media the way that they were before. People would rather put up a fraction of that money and get a huge library online but not actually own anything. And, you know, I kind of wanted to... I, I was trying to drive them towards the 
you know, the statement that, yes, Funimation, you know, needed to switch their model because the market is changing. And I think we maybe succeeded in that a little bit. Well, well I, I think I think whether we succeeded or not in that isn't really kind of the, the important thing. I think the important thing is that, as Kazuo was saying, was that we did, we asked some significant questions regarding the anime industry and got some interesting answers from people who are, are everything from, yes, they're voice actors, but they're also writers, writers, directors, directors you know, they're, they're, they've been entrenched in this for a long time and, and they're all at different places in their careers. And so they all had different perspectives on it. Oh, and Kazuo and I did confirm that, that Brina Palencia is, is, is gorgeous. Yep. Yeah. So you, it's, I think, I think, uh, stunning, Trina. stunningly. Trina, Trina was really beautiful. Also. Trina is as well. Trina has an awesome personality as well. Like yeah. she, she's, she would be so much fun just to hang with. Like she's super friendly. Yeah, if you're listening to this, crazy. Trina, give us a call. We'll <laughs> hang out. It'll be good. <laughs> so we have some more panels today. Chiaki and I are doing the first half of our things you may not consider when moving to Japan yes. panel, which there are lots of things that you will not consider in, when you go that will be difficult for you. Well, lots of things that I just wish that I was told yeah, before yeah. moving to Japan. We've got part one of that today and part two tomorrow. Part two and tomorrow. then tonight yes. we've got a panel which everyone seems to be talking yeah. about just on the convention floor yeah. in elevators. People keep mentioning it. Yeah, uh-huh. somebody recognized me in the, in the elevator what's, and said, when is your, what time is your panel? Someone recognized you? Yeah, they're like they just asked me flat out, "What time is your panel tonight?" Wow. Yeah. And what and was I the said, name? What was the name of that panel? Oh, it's it's uh, many breasts <laughs> inside Tokyo <laughs> nightclubs. Oh my god, great! So name. we're going to be talking about the O pubs, uh, the the health clubs, the soaplands, you know, uh, G- uh, Gita Gita girls, all the different places that, that I've been to sort of roll up, you know, three or four hentai episodes into one panel. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be. I'm I'm planning on maybe jumping on the stage out? for that. Help out a bit. Oh yeah. I'm going to ask so many inappropriate questions. I'm gonna oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to do a panel where I can drop the F-bomb I'm all hope, the time. I'm hoping we can find a girl in the audience with flappy boobs so we can have Aww. that simulated for, for somebody. What? You're what? so what? mean. Watch. Watch. How rude. So, yeah, I think the con has been really great. You know what I, what I really like about the con, and they talked about this at, at opening ceremonies, but this is not, this is not your giant anime convention which there's nothing wrong with that i mean i love otakon i love going to the anime conventions where it's almost like you're unable to breathe because you're so overwhelmed by how many people are there and Mm -hmm. people who are like anime and it's just overwhelming but but at the same time cons like this have their own special charm because you see the same people in the halls you feel like you can can talk to people and make a connection with them and the panel rooms aren't so large that you're like I want to help you learn about Japan, but there's no possible way that I'll ever like right. yeah, be able to talk to each of you or answer your questions. It's much more intimate. And, yeah. you know, it's it, as you were saying, you get to actually speak to people one-on-one and connect with them. And, I, yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying it and uh, just having a great time. And, of course, uh, special thanks to Tom Kroon for having us yeah. and getting us this hotel room for a couple of nights and even paying us some money to do it. And for anyone who... For anyone who doesn't know about uh, that, special thanks actually to the Florida Anime Experience because Tom Krim is the guy behind it. So, right, All right, all right. So, do we want to go ahead with our mailbag then? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag. Bag. 
<laughs> so our first mailbag comes from Smuggler of Hentai. Ooh. Wow. Can I have you join me for my panel tonight? The Smuggler of Hentai? Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? Then why don't you go ahead and read this question, Mitsugi? Hi. Hi. I'm a business major in college at the moment and will be graduating shortly. I have a background in audiovisual production, protectionism, audio re- engineering, and DJing. That's kind of interesting. You're a what, bus- is, you're, what is protectionism? Uh, I'm not sure. But you're a business major, but then you're doing all this audio stuff. I think that's, that's interesting. I was hoping to visit Japan for a bit and possibly move there if, at all, if all goes well, and I was thinking of starting an event production company in Japan. My question to you guys and you, is, in your opinions, what is the state of the nightlife in Japan, and how does it compare to your experiences back home? As someone who has been out to the clubs in Tokyo, yeah. the, the nightlife is definitely... A big thing. I mean, but it's Tokyo. It's one of the largest cities in the entire world. Of course, you're going to find. Well, technically, it, it, by the population, it, it is the largest. But oh well, yeah, yeah. But lots of people. Lots of people. I mean, and and in any city of that scale, you're going to have a nightlife that's very active and whatnot. And and you're going to find. It's it's like going to New York and being like, can I find a club that specializes in reggae? Yes, of course you can. You're going to find anything you want. I w- when I was out at the clubs, we happened into a Latin club. And all they were playing was music in Spanish and like salsa dancing and okay, shit like what? that. What? For real? Yeah, awesome. no, I'm serious. <laughs> and so like, or the clubs will have different floors. Like there was one club that had a reggae floor, that had a pop floor, that had like an 80s floor. So... I mean, you're going to you're going to find whatever it is you're looking for. And if not, there's a market there that's going to right. want it and, or a market that's willing to travel to the city for it. So I wouldn't say that that the nightlife is what you should be worrying about. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I mean, the nightlife is definitely there, but having a, his own business and going over there and yeah. uh, that's that's going to be the tricky part. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. I don't that. that's. I'm not, I don't want to discourage anybody from pursuing their dreams, but you need to be aware that there are going to be some barriers that are going to, you know, make things more difficult for you than if you were in the United States. For example, you are going to need to speak Japanese. I mean, unless you're planning on having a buddy translate for you all the time, you're going to have to be probably N2 at well, least. I, th- I think you're also going to meet with a lot of trouble if you don't have at least a business partner who is a Japanese citizen because right. we were, I was talking once um, with the guy who was the principal at the first Akaiwa that I started at. And he was talking about how the Akaiwa got founded and whatnot. And it was founded by a British man, but the business was actually in his wife who was Japanese. It was in her name because he had such a hard time trying to set up this business as a foreigner that it was. And, and maybe, right. maybe you are Japanese. I don't know. I don't know you. Mr. Smuggler of Hentai, maybe <laughs> maybe you are hold a Japanese passport, but I'm guessing you probably don't, and yeah. and expect that to be a large hurdle. I, I mean, um, I have heard of people moving to Japan and obviously going and starting teaching as you do, which is the easiest yeah. avenue to get over there to work, but then branching off, and uh, I've heard of people working in bars or doing music or doing art and things like that and kind of like making their career that way. Um, there's a couple of people. One is, and I think I've mentioned him on the show before. It's a YouTube channel, uh, called unrested, who is a guy who moved to Japan and was doing the teaching thing for a long time, but now he does, I believe just artwork. Uh, and then there's another podcast called got faded Japan, which is pretty hilarious. They talk about all kinds of 
crazy news stories in Japan. And the main guy on that show does um, artwork and like does bartending. Oh yeah, like that. finding finding jobs that are outside your kind of teaching norm. Yeah, that that's not the yeah, that's not so bad. That's not the hard part. It's it's the founding a business. Yeah, you definitely have to be fluent in Japanese though, and you definitely have to first get over there the same yeah. way that everyone else gets over there by teaching. Yeah, so you have to be willing to yeah. get that started and then kind of go from there once you. Once you're in, once you're on the inside, I would just recommend you do your research before you go to Japan. Make sure you're aware of what the challenges are and that you're prepared and that you can meet those challenges. So, but definitely at the least, I mean, you you even said smuggler of hentai in your your mailbag. If all goes well, this was what you were hoping to do. So, t- just go and have a life adventure at the very least. Do that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we'll go on to our next mailbag good good luck smuggler of hentai yes um keep us posted keep us posted our next mailbag comes from homebound 11 and shaki would you like to read that one yeah sure homebound 11 writes as someone who is slowly working my way through your review backlog backlog and comparing your thoughts to my own on certain anime i was very surprised when i did not find a particular anime done by the same writer of anohana being reviewed, not being reviewed or, nor nominated in the anime Oscars for 2014. Since I haven't been able to find a proper review, what are your all's thoughts on Nagi no Asukara? I haven't seen it. I, I haven't even heard about this show. Yeah. So, um, that's probably why there isn't a review. <laughs> I've heard about it, and we didn't cover it on the podcast, but you know, the anime Oscars was something that had input from about what was it, like 10 other podcasts. Yeah. No one nominated that. So, you know, I feel somewhat justified in, in, in the decision to not place it in there, considering that it was a lot of other people. It, it required a bunch of people to overlook it to, in order to not have it in there. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it's not a good show or, yeah. or, or, or anything like that. I just think that maybe it wasn't a show that struck a lot of people or wasn't the forefront of a lot of people's minds when they were thinking of, you know, the best comedy or whatever. Yeah, I'm... I'm- just pulled it up on my anime list and it's got a pretty high score. I mean, take that for what, what you will, but it's 8.44. So that is pretty high. Um, that is, that is pretty high, but of course there are also other shows that are ranked very high that are not good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my anime list thinks Ging Tom is like the best anime ever made. So, yeah. so Which I doubt that is even remotely true. I hear it's really good though. I yeah. It. Maybe someday we'll go back and watch this, but we are kind of busy. Okay. So maybe not. All right, well, uh, our (laughs) next mailbag comes from Fried Raptor, and I guess I'll go ahead and read that one. Uh, It says here, Hey, addicts, I have an idea for you. I just finished episode 260, and in that episode, you stated how backlogged you are regarding listener-suggested anime. So here it is. Choose a show from your list and have the listeners review it. You can make a poll for the anime chosen, have it going for a month or so to give the community time to watch it, then have them decide on the rating and link a forum thread to the final score. In the thread, the reviewers can write their thoughts on the said anime. You could then add it to a list of listener-reviewed anime. What do you think? Love the show, Fried Raptor. We do have a space on our forums already for fan reviews. Ah, we do. This is true. So, So I mean, (laughs) there's nothing stopping you from going on there already. And as far as making it part of the show, though, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. Yeah, the show is kind of, well... 
I don't want to say it's bloated, but it has gotten longer yeah. as time has gone on. So, I mean, this, this used to be 40 minutes or so. Right. And then it was an hour. Then it was an hour and 15. Then yeah. it was an hour and a half. And now <laughs> and now it's now our longest episode is like two hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. That And that's, I mean, ideally two hours is the limit. Yeah. <laughs> for a show. Yeah. And I just don't think I could give you the time. There's no, there's not enough time in the show for me to adequately, you know, respect somebody's review. Yeah. You know, there's not, we don't have 25 minutes, but... Yeah, there but, are people on the forum that yeah. will read your reviews. Yeah, you can definitely go onto the forum uh, and put your review there. I'm probably going to try to do some YouTube videos in the near future about shows I watch on the side, just kind of doing my own, not official AAA review, but just kind of my own thoughts on it. So, I mean, you may see that in the near future watch as well. Watch out. He's breaking away. Yeah. Breaking away. It's going to be on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, but uh, yeah, speaking to, speaking to the backlog you mentioned of listener suggested reviews. Yeah, it is like six hundred anime. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, you know, w- we were good about doing some of them for a while, for a, for like six months, and then we were just. Well, then like, we got we a lot more. Ag- then we got a lot more aggressive of reviewing the new shows. I mean, yeah. when we first yes, started the true. podcast, we were kind of like, here's some new shows, here's some old shows, whatever, right. and then we kind of made the conscious shift to review a lot more of the new shows and, and fill that niche in this market of we're going to keep you up to date on what's coming out he- now and what's going to be the next big thing. Right. All right. Well, um, let's see. We've got another mailbag here. This one's a bit of a long one. And uh, Mitsuki, do you want to read that one? Uh, sure. Next? And you guys got to keep these mailbags. I just want to throw this in here. We, we've had a lot of mailbags lately that aren't actually questions. Oh, my God, yeah. So yeah. They're just like long, drawn-out stories or yeah. th- talking about, this is my thought. This is an episode-by-episode breakdown of this show that you guys t- yeah, watched. Like, it's like, I, okay. I know we say that we'll do every single mailbag submission, but if it's not a question, especially if it's... Not if it's a long statement. Well, it's and to probably be fair, I, 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 we have had people that I can suggest this to on the whole that submit a mailbag and actually say, this isn't really a mailbag. I just wanted to let you guys know yeah, that that's whatever. Cool. And that's, that's totally fine. And thank you because we love hearing from you. All right. I'm going to read this. It's very long. So this is, this is a, fa- I guess I'm doing a favor here. My name is Arlay. I've, I've been listening to your show since episode 249, where you broke down the specifics of Prime Minister Abe's Abenomics and found it very interesting. I have that episode on my MP3 player and will still listen to it from time to time. I wanted to ask if any of you guys have listened to BBC's Radio 4's podcast, Crossing Continents, where there is an episode called Should Comics Be Crimes? It was hosted by James Fletcher as he traveled to Japan and spoke with a number of people in an effort to understand why the Japanese government chose to outlaw the possession of real images depicting children in sexual situations, but not the possession of manga drawings of children in sexual situations. There is even a discussion about banning anime and manga altogether. While I do realize that this is indeed a touchy and controversial subject, and I don't indulge myself personally with that kind of thing, I also understand that manga is just a creation of fantasy, and there is no type of harm being done to anyone, because there is no concrete evidence to prove that there is. It's just a matter of certain people being either uncomfortable or offended of a certain or of harmless drawings. What are your thoughts on this issue? My thoughts, and you can call this a cop-out, but it's truly the way I see it, is that this is an incredibly complex issue. And as you said, it's something that people go back and forth from psychology to, 
you know, philosophy to morals, to government, to politics, to whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's so many moving parts that it's hard to put your finger on something and say that this is a hard and fast way it should be done because there are good arguments on all sides of the equation. Um, it, it would be a hard podcast topic to do just because of the subject matter. Not that we haven't tackled kind of that difficult thing to talk about before, but, um, it's it's definitely something that I think is interesting. I use that word kind of cautiously to, yeah. to from from a societal perspective to to research and read about. Definitely, I mean, uh, Arle says in in the uh, email that uh, you know that no one's being harmed in you know these manga depictions of like children in sexual situations, and that may be true directly, but if I mean, straight up, like if you are attracted to, in a sexual manner, images of, you know, prepubescent children, there's something that you need to talk to someone. That's not, yeah. that's not right. That's not, yeah, there's something very wrong that you need to address. And I mean, but, at the, you know, at the same time, it's, you can re- relate this to uh, violence in anime and in movies and things. It's like you, you see people getting their heads chopped off and eviscerated. And it's like, that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to go out there and murder someone, you, you know, but it's like, it's, it's definitely a very, very touchy subject, um, especially when you're dealing with children. The, you know? These kind of conversations irritate me a little bit because, well, first of all, the ex- the extreme side of this is let's just ban all manga and anime. And yeah, th- and that is an opinion right. that is just makes that just makes no sense at all. Because not only are you stifling something that it probably exists under the constitution of Japan, which would be you know the, your right to creativity and free speech or whatever, that is not obviously the right way to go about doing this. But as Kazuo just alluded to, you know, okay, so I have a manga that has a bunch of naked little girls in it, and then I have a manga with a girl having sex with a guy while she cleaves his, his chest open with a scythe, that being Battle Royale, which one of those is worse? They're completely different types of subject matter. They're both horribly offensive, and they both have camps of people that are going to bitch their bitch until they're hoarse about the content. But honestly, honestly, there are people that are offended about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that stand outside these anime cons in America with signs saying, find Jesus, just because they're wearing costumes. Yeah. I mean, like, there is there is a person and there is a group of people that will bitch about anything and everything, no matter how significant it is. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like, you know, if you're telling people what what they can and cannot create art of, that is, you know, probably violating the fundamental rights of individuals. Well, yeah. and that's and that's where the argument gets so tricky and so cloudy is that whenever you're dealing with people's right to free speech, it's, it's that, it's that very fine line of when is, when is it free speech and when is it being harmful Mm -hmm. to someone or a group of people in a society? Because it, and it's, and it's hard for anything. It's like, it's like the people who go out there with the signs that say, you know, God hates fags or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. And I'm sorry for the language, but that's, what they say what yeah. they say and it, it's something where you look at that and you go that should be that's awful that should be yeah, they illegal shouldn't be they shouldn't be that. allowed to say that they shouldn't be allowed to do that but then at the same time yeah. you also want to say but wait yeah. we like that ability to say what we think and yeah, what it's we a slippery feel. slope and yeah, yeah. So, really i think i think specifically with you know and and again i can only speak to myself or uh, of myself personally 
to me, the, the de- depictions of children in these situations uh, is something that I it's it, it, it hits a chord with me on a primal level. Yeah. You know, where it's like um, and, and maybe it is like some, you know, ancient monkey thing where it's like you want to protect the children, you know, of the of the pack. And that's just something I can't it, it's I can understand so good of you. that it's freedom of speech and all that. But it's like I just I can't I cannot get behind that. I I look at it and and this is where I come from in my personal perspective is that I almost wish I almost wish that there could be sites like this and then whenever someone went on a site like that and consumed content like more than just like oh my god how did I end up in this corner of the internet close 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 right. but like there could be some way that they would get an email saying you're you're not in trouble but can we help you like yeah. can can we talk to you about this because I look at stuff like that and I'm like, you don't need, I don't want to put like, my initial reaction isn't lock those people up or, right. or do, it's, it, it, they're it's, sick. They need, I mean, that's yeah. not, that's not a natural way of thinking. And they, you know, when you're, when you're looking at a child like that. So clearly it's, they need help. Well, I think that if you start banning things in, you know, in critical media, then you have to really question where you draw the line because okay Definitely. so now so, yeah. so now we've banned images that look like little kids because this is anime and frankly everyone looks like a little kid everyone looks like a little kid and in japan women they all look like little kids like a lot of the women in japan look like little kids i mean they all look five years younger until than they, they are. hit like 70 and then they just right. fall off a cliff right you know, honestly. But, <laughs> wait, wait a second wait a second oh, okay. so if if we're gonna ban images that look like little kids then we move the line up and the next step, what is the next step? We're gonna be young looking women. We're gonna ban blood, like they, like like we already they already censored the, the like the crap out of some of the shows like Tokyo Ghoul and Terraformers. So you're gonna move the lineup again, and before you know it, everything's censored, and we're living in like 1984 or something. And and this is and this is why I go back to what I opened all of this with is that it's a really hard discussion to have because it's one of those discussions that on the onset, whatever your personal moral or beliefs are, you go, this is clearly the answer. This is clearly what's right. But it, once you start really talking about it, you're kind of like, oh, there's so many shades of gray. What do I do? Anyway, let, let's move on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that we could talk about that for a very long time. Okay. So we've got um, one more here. One more mailbag from Yotaru Vegeta. Woo. And uh, let's see. So you just read the last one. Shiaki, would you mind reading that one? Oh, not at all. So Yotaru Vegeta writes, Mitsugi, it's 2015. The AAA has been doing their pass-fail previews system for a while now. You've gathered multiple sounders for the failed shows, but not a single one for the past shows. What? Not even a stock applause clip? Will we ever get any past sounders in 2015? That's a good question. I hadn't really... I made more fail clips, but I hadn't made, <laughs> I hadn't made any new he's just past got clips. So he's so much focused hate. on the negative. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... I feel like... Uh, yeah, yeah. We can have past clips, specifically if you make me some. <laughs> that would be nice. Send them our way. Send me some, send me some of your own little past clips. That, that could be fun to see what people submit. I always, I always love a user submission because I'm like, I just want to see what you guys come up with. I guess I kind of thought that heaping praise on an anime for ten minutes was enough. <laughs> and honestly, the fail clips are a lot more fun and funny than the past clips. Some. But we can probably come up with something. Yeah, there's some fun stuff. I, I promise you nothing though. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and take a news break, and when we return, we're gonna go over our main topic which is the character battle bracket. We're going to discuss uh, 
some interesting points from it and uh, discuss some, some battles that are coming up. So stay tuned. Hello, you anime addicts. This is Shiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, for those of you who were somehow uncertain if One Piece was the largest anime in Japan, let me put that question to rest for you. The Tokyo One Piece Tower theme park has opened, and within 48 days after opening on March 13th, it drew its 100,000th visitor. You can find a photo of the visitor online, and perhaps what's even funnier is that while the visitor is a Tokyo resident, the, the 100,000 visitor to the One Piece Tower theme park was a Westerner. The theme park recreates the world in the One Piece pirate manga and anime adaptation. It's holding a campaign to celebrate the upcoming May 5th birthday of Luffy. Now, speaking of Japan, for those of you who are in the land of the rising sun, there's something that you absolutely must check out. I, for one, love concerts, especially those that are not of the pop and rock variety. Now, if you're like me, there is something that you need to look up. It is the sound of Tiger and Bunny. The soundtrack to Tiger and Bunny, created by Yoshihiro Ike, is coming to life in a full-scale orchestral concert. The Sound of Tiger and Bunny concerts will be held at the Pacifico Yokohama Convention Center on September 9th and September 20th for a total of just three showings. If you needed any more reason to check this out, Yoshihiro Ike himself will be conducting the shows. Tickets are on sale and will be sold into May 17th. The best seats in the house cost, in my opinion, a reasonable 8,800 yen, with A-class seats costing just 4,800 yen. Now, in some Japan and American news, if you haven't seen it or heard of it yet, one thing to totally look up on YouTube is Obama welcoming Japan's Abe to the White House. In his welcome speech, he said, and I quote, Today is a chance for Americans, especially our young people, to say thank you for all of the things we love from Japan like karate and karaoke, manga and anime, and of course, emojis, said Barack Obama. So apparently we need to say thank you to Abe for anime? I don't know. Either way, I think it was a very cute sentiment on behalf of our commander-in-chief here in the States. And finally, if you need any further proof of anime's influence on Hollywood, just look up a new interview posted by Movie Collections with acclaimed director Gilmoro Del Toro, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but he's the mastermind behind very famous works such as Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, and Pacific Rim. In this specific interview, he talks about how he was introduced to the medium of anime through the work of Mamoru Oshii of, of course, Ghost in the Shell and Pat Labor, The Mobile Police. He talks about how Pat Labor series specifically influenced his Pacific Rim movie, and also cites other influences' work, including other anime, Japanese horror films, and manga. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon.
Kazuo, what's that? Oh, this? I have no clue. Huh? How do you not know? I haven't opened it yet. Okay, I'm sorry. My blonde must be showing, but how do you order something online and not know what's coming in the box? Magic. No, really, it's a grab bag from JList.com. A grab bag? Oh, I get it. Like in Japan, around New Year's, they have hukubukuro at all of the department stores. You don't know what's in it, but what you always get is worth more than what you pay. Exactly. I've seen stuff like this at conventions, too. And JList.com has them? Of course. They have a deluxe version for 120 bucks and a regular for 60 Or, since I heard from Mitsugi that you were playing some... Uh, Hentai games. Ugh, Mitsugi. It's cool. I'm just saying they also have a $60 adult grab bag. Okay, well, I think I may go to JList.com and pre-order my lucky bag now. Oh, really? And which one might that be, young lady? <laughs> that is none of your business. Just another day in the church of Mitsugi. Dearest child, <laughs> confide in me. Confide in me your sins. I don't know. Is this I was just gonna say boobs don't accidentally fall out, but I have had my boob accidentally fall out of my bra before Not out of my shirt, but out of my bra. So I mean, I guess it kind of does happen. I mean boobs are jiggly. Oh Woest Moe influenced child Ye, my boobs are ye influenced. hath contributed to the Moe movement <laughs> Let these sins be known and may God have mercy on your soul Another soul has been saved Back to this heavenly podcast. And we are back to the 274th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, making your anime addiction worse by having character battles. That's right. Yeah, yeah we've got the fourth, is it the fourth annual character battle? I don't know, it's 2015. Something like that. We've been doing it for a while. Specifically, you've been doing it for a while, Mitsugi. I'd like to give you an update. I'm still shirtless. Ah, yes. Yes. Still shirtless. Very shirtless. In the hotel room here, sitting on the bed. Popping his pecs. Popping my pecs. Yeah, doing all that. Mitsugi and Kazuo sitting on the same bed. Cuddling. Mitsugi's shirt is off. Yep. Fan fiction, go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, on the, on the website, there's a banner. You can still just sign up for the character battle, but when this comes out, you're only going to have about a week to sign up still but i recommend you do there we have i wanted to get 200 signups we're well we're well on our way the character battle you can enter it by clicking the banner it's on the forum and on the main page of the website the winner of the contest will get will get 100 from jlist.com so thank you for that for that from them and also i will personally give you a 100 anime shopping spree with cash from my pockets i will literally come to your house and let you take the cash directly from my pockets was that 100 dollars or was that $150 of cash right from my own pocket Crazy. if you can get a perfect bracket? So that's a very a difficult thing to do, but if you can get a perfect bracket. So, as I said, we've had a lot of sign-ups here, and it's sort of customary on the podcast for us to do a, uh, a, a, an episode where we, where, where we talk about the, the bracket, the characters that are in the bracket, is it customary? And Have we, we done this before? I think we've done it every single time so far. I don't wow. remember it. Every time. We've you know done who it. would remember it who's not here because we're not doing this live? Who? Astrophysics. Astrophysics. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure we've done this every time. But first, one thing we haven't done is we haven't broken down the a summary of the characters that people most frequently think are going to win the entire contest. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Now, Now, shouldn't this list directly reflect to the list of the actual winner? 
because the people that are choosing these characters are also choosing. You know, that's that's the wins. question that I had. But Mitsuki raised a good point of that. I don't understand your question. So, so basically, the question is, is that the characters in the character battle were nominated by popular vote, right. based off of nominations that we received from our listeners. The people who are going to vote in the category in the character battle when it's live are those people. Are those people? So, don't we already know who's going to win based off of who was nominated? Is Kazuo's question, which was well, my question, which you had a good answer to, that I was like. I don't really think that enough of these characters have any have a significant enough percentage of the of the predictions to actually make a claim like that. And I don't think I have I don't think that this has necessarily been reflected in prior years. But only one character has more than ten percent of the total vote. So that wasn't the answer you gave, but I also like it. The other thing that he said before was that when I when I had asked was. He pulled up, you pulled up a few matches, Mitsugi, right. of number one seeds versus number 16 seeds. And you they were, weren't straightforward on who was going yeah. to win. because, and, and I feel like the reason being is because you have these characters who, when someone's nominating, nominating maybe they just don't think automatically of Vash the Stampede or someone like that. Mm-hmm. But then... Once they see it, they're like, "Oh yeah, right. that." Yeah. So you were concerned about about the predictability of the contest, and you thought that. Yeah, like, that's that's yeah. the question we're asking. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, well, and I was gonna also say, um, in martial arts, they always say styles make fights. So likewise, in this, you know, a number, a very, a very highly seated, seated character and a very low seated character could match up in a way where uh, you, you might be surprised on who ends up winning. So yeah, exactly. So like, let me ask you a question. If I said to you, "Your gun, gun to your head, Kazuo." Okay. You have to pick the winner of this of this match. Okay. Guts, guts. All right. Versus Kamina from Gurren Logon. Oh my God! Am I? Can you do this with without fearing for your life? Okay. Guts from Berserk versus Kamina from Gurren Logon. Because uh, that's a one versus a sixteen. Yeah. Which ostensibly would be. See, the, well, here's the thing with that one. If I'm if I'm if I'm guessing with my heart, it's guts. But if I'm guessing gun to your head overall popularity, I would have to go with comp. But it's it's a tough one. I'll see. So you don't really know. Yeah. So like gun to your head, you can't make that decision. There's a whole bunch of those in this contest. Yeah, I mean, I think another good one that's a one seed Revy from Black Lagoon versus right. a 16 Rider from Fate Stay Night. Oh, and I mean, ooh. Fate Stay Night has Revy, badass chick yeah. that everyone right. loves, but Rider. Fate's Day Night show that has some really strong fans behind it. So let me ask you another one real quick. Okay, Gun to Your Head, Ichigo from Bleach. Oh my god! Or Kenshin from Rurouni Kenshin. Oh my god, that's impossible. See, there you go. You have no idea. Oh, and what uh, are they seated? Uh, Ichigo is a seven seed. Kenshin is a ten seed. Okay, it's a little closer, but man, that's right. that is a tough call. Well, Harry, these ones these ones aren't really close. Gun to Your Head. Okay. Onizuka from GTO. Onizuka. Or, I don't care who the other person or is. Or you're gonna your, your brains will be sliding down the wall <laughs> if you get this wrong. Or Haruhi Suzumiya from the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Your who, brains will be sliding who wins down the that wall. Poll? If you get, we got we got a little intense yeah. here. I said He's gun gonna to murder your head. me. You heard it here first. Can Mitsugi you, is gonna do murder. Do you know me. the winner of that one? That's a five versus a twelve. Oh boy, I don't. I really don't. So see, I don't think it's quite as predictable as you think. And the 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 overall picks people have made are pretty spread out. The um, not 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 all that surprisingly, the number one most predicted. This is one. This is this is a uh, a compilation of 112 predictions people have made. 
Goku, Goku from Dragon Ball Z, of course, is a two seed, and he has the most frequent. He's been picked the most frequently as the overall winner. He's been picked eighteen times. Now Goku has been in the character battle before, right? Every time. Every time. But he keeps dying. He keeps he's never won. He's but never we keep won. collecting the balls and wishing him back. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And he's back again. He's never won. I don't think he's even made the final four. Always a bridesmaid, mm-hmm. never a bride. Yeah, okay. actually, actually, I can go back. Why don't you guys talk about the next couple most frequently picked characters, and I'll and, I, and I'll go back and look up and see what we're who 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 defeated Goku in the past. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um. So let's see here. The next, in second place, it's actually a two-way tie between uh, Ryuko Mat. Toy from Kill yes. Kill and Jotaro Kujo from I'm sorry no the, actually the third entry here says not oh, finished, not finished. so there's mean? actually 10 people who have failed to finish their brackets which oh my we God. gotta shout we gotta like remind everybody make sure that you go on there and make sure you finish your bracket because yeah. if you, it's if it's not 100% finished you can't yeah you're basically enter, not really. gonna win so you have no shot make sure you pay attention that when you select the first round it populates the second round like one row one right. column in from where you selected the first round based on your first round pick so right. make sure you're you're doing that well that's okay. crazy i didn't realize 10 we've had 10 already that haven't uh, haven't even finished it okay so this is interesting in the last two contests goku was defeated by spike in both of the last two contests really oh once, spike from cowboy bebop right once in the second round and once in the final four well that's that is a that's but, a tough one, though. But there's a lot of characters that have that that are in this contest that weren't in the previous contest. But it's a, I mean, I'm looking at this one here. That's a very close. It wasn't. Pre- yeah, it was pretty close last time. So, um, all right. So then, second place then would be uh, Ryoko yeah. from Kill a Kill. Ryoko Matoi has ten selections, and then a strong jo- second place. And then Jotaro Kujo, a, a five seed, is the third most frequently selected with six picks. Wow. Jotaro. See, that's uh, that's interesting right there. So a lot of people have a lot of faith in Jotaro, and then. Also, and then the ones with five are Saber, um, Madoka from Madoka Magica, and Revy, whom I picked as the overall winner. Revy is tied with five. Picked her as the overall winner. I really? did. Yeah. Oh, well, she had the most. She had. See, see. Here's the thing, right? And this is, and, this, and maybe this goes back to the point you were trying to make earlier. Uh-huh. Revy, by a by a mile, had the most nominations into the contest. Really? Yes. So oh. she's the overall one seed. I don't but think she, she has a chance, though, <laughs> to be honest. So see, there you go. Like, how does the overall nominated character only have you know, only have four picks as the winner? Mm-hmm. And see, that's kind of interesting. And then the ones with four are uh, Akemi Homura from Madoka, Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece, Totoro, uh, and then Alucard from Helsing. That that rounds out the like the top ten. Now I'm noticing something here that's a little different from some of the prior brackets, and that is that none of the hosts are in the bracket. No, that's true. Actually, yeah. No one loves us anymore. Yeah, I I, I have an entire list of all of the of all the picks here, and I have I can tell you definitively that neither you nor Chiaki got any nominations. Oh. No one loves you guys. It's sad. It's such a sad day. But you did apparently. Because yeah. you didn't specify. And didn't the space elevator, though? I mean, that's kind of like a that's, nomination yeah. for Kazuo. I think it got, it got two nominations, didn't it? I'm looking for it right now. Space elevator? Yeah. Yeah. So there's some love there, but not enough, unfortunately. Yeah, the space elevator didn't quite make it. It, um, it got two nominations. So, yeah. But there were a lot of characters that got two nominations. I should have nominated it myself. Yeah. I could have made a difference. You could have. Could have been a contender. Yeah. 
So, but um, there are some characters in this contest that I didn't think were going to actually make it, make the contest at all. I mean, I didn't even think of, the, of these guys getting in there. And uh, by the way, we had 1,400 total nominations for over 600 characters. That's a shit ton of characters, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of names that didn't make it to the contest that are really great characters. And um, so there's a lot on there are a lot on the list that didn't make it that are kind of unusual, but that what the ones that made the bracket that I thought were kind of strange. The first one's Johan Liebert from Monster. That is bizarre. That creepy kid. Well, he's not a kid for very long. Oh well, no, I know. He's a he's a full grown adult by like episode three. Yeah. But um, yeah, Johan from Monster. I mean, I I really appreciate having having uh, Monster get some some love in this competition, but I never really thought that he would get six nominations and get put and get put into the contest. I mean, he got as many nominations as Kenshin. That's insane. And how does that happen? I, well, I always wonder with stuff like this, if it's the, you know, our, our opinions finally, finally, I say like, Oh, finally, um, rubbing off on people because Yoko from the 12 kingdoms. That's right got a lot of nominations as well. And that's another one that I look at. And I'm not saying Yoko isn't completely deserving of getting the nominations, but it's more like, really? That that random anime that probably most people don't know about got... Well, well, well here, this will blow your mind. Ma, uh, Yoko Nakajima from 12 Kingdoms got more nominations than Madoka. Yeah. I mean, blow your mind right there. Exactly. Right? And as, as many nominations as Pikachu... Yeah, and it's Pikachu who made the contest. What the hell, Pikachu? That's awesome. How far does Pikachu get in this competition? What do you think? Uh, not far. I All right, think. so here, let's look at the bracket. And you guys can tell me where you think Pikachu is going to end up. I think, okay, I, I, I think this will be fun. Okay. Okay, so Pikachu is going up against, let me see here, Pikachu is going up against Saber. Oh, no chance. So can Pikachu That's defeat it. Saber? Instant fail. <laughs> what? You have no chance. Make your Pikachu. time. Pikachu. What are the odds there? Not very good? I would say not very good. Johan is going up against Shinichi from Parasite. What do you think? Uh, That's a tough one. It actually is. Like, you know, there's part of me that wants to be like, of course, it's going to be Shinichi. I, but I, yeah, I mean, it. but Parasite's so new. I don't think a lot... I mean, a lot of uh, people have watched it, but I don't know... If and, more have seen that than are familiar with Monster. And the overall ending of the anime is so disappointing. Yeah. You, you know I what I... I'm going to go with Johan on this one. It could be. I don't know. And see, that's that's always the tricky thing when it comes to predicting these character battles that we put together is because it's one of those situations where you never know how people are going to vote. And you never know what people are going to... What criteria they're going to use because there's no way to measure that. And is it... Are they going to vote based on anime they like? Are they going to vote on based on characters they like? Some people vote based on who they think would actually win. Smexiness. Some people vote on smexiness. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess instinctively I go towards the quality of the anime um, or the character within the anime, and I have to say, Johan. I mean, for sure, overall, Monster I think is more critically acclaimed. So, all right. So if Johan gets, if Johan makes it through Shinichi. The next most likely one, his next match will be the winner of Kirito from Sword Art Online and Tenchi. I gotta go with Sword Art Online on that one. Okay, do you agree? Um, I see. I haven't watched Sword Art Online, so I can't really say. Well, Kirito had a lot of nominations. Yeah. Um. So let's say, assuming Kirito wins, does Johan go make his way through Kirito, or does he fall in the second round? 
Mm. Talking about a, a classic, one of the greatest stories of anime versus a new a new fan favorite from the a last few years. A monstrous show. A monstrous Titanic-sized fan base. I got to go with the Titanic-sized fan yeah, base. I would and agree. you know what? The other, the other thing that goes in this competition, and I say this is the one who has to pick these pictures, but we do post pictures of the characters with right. the poll. And I try to pick pictures that I think are fair or evenly matched, like where the two characters look equally epic or equally shitty, you know, whatever mm-hmm. I can find. But something like monster monster. I'm just limited in, in yeah. the pictures I can choose for that because it is such a realistic looking show. It's a more demure looking show. Right. It's a more cerebral show than sword art online, which you have these pictures of weapons and right. action and magic yeah. and stuff like that. Johan's just, gonna, just find like a headshot of each and be like, here, these are the yeah. faces. Johan's going to be wearing like a suit with like a hat or something. Um, looking back at Pikachu, Pikachu's really screwed because even if Pikachu made it through Saber, which we probably realize isn't happening, Pikachu then has to go through the winner of Joseph Joestar and Gene Starwind. Oh, God. Which is another one. Gun to your head. Joseph Joestar or Gene Starwind? Uh, Joseph Joestar. God, but Gene Star. No, I'm gonna. I'm going going with Joseph Joestar. Joestar is gonna win. That's like the manliest match in this competition. Uh, Gene Star is so awesome. So, like, Pikachu is screwed. Can we have a third option of they just decide to both disqualify themselves from the competition and go drinking and whoring together? Yes, they totally would do that. (laughs) They don't want to be like, wait. What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) Let's go hit a bar and pick up some chicks. I got a robot girl. She'll do anything you want all night. (laughs) Okay, so so the next, the next, okay, now let's let's take a look at Yoko. So, So who does Yoko have to go up against here? If I can get my computer to function, Yoko is going up again. Okay, Shizuo from Durarara. Oh, that's a. That's I'm gonna have to go with Shizuo on that one. I think just not enough people have watched the Twelve Kingdoms. But you know, it's one of those things that I, I know we get more traffic on our site usually around the character battle that we don't normally get. But I also think Yoko got nominated, and I think she has some strength in our community. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has a shot. Yeah. <laughs> not, not with I would, like it, I would like her to win, but I just don't see it happening. Not, not, not with the second Dudadada airing right now or whatever, or having just finished airing. There's too much. It's too up. It's too in the forefront of people's minds. Most people won't even recognize Yoko. They'll be like, "Who the hell is that?" Um, so the next one that I that I'm surprised to see on here is Balalaika from from uh, Black Lagoon. Like, not exactly a major character in Black Lagoon. You know, maybe a maybe like a sub a, a second tier character. How many nominations did they get? Um, Balalaika is a thirteen seed. Oh, okay. And they got if I can get my Excel file here to work, Balalaika got five nominations. Hmm. All right. So, you know, I don't really, I don't really know, but she's up against Hodel from Spice and Wolf. Which has got to be a tough match. Ooh, tough match I got to go with Hodel on that. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough, but I th- I think Revy will have some power, but but sub characters against no. main characters. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a tough one for her. It's interesting because there are like you know there is some matches like um you know uh, JoJo and Gene Starwin and then uh, where it's just like I have no clue who's gonna win, but yeah. you know then there are others where you have characters that you really love but it's like oh they don't stand a chance unfortunately see see that's like a match for me there's mikasa ackerman from attack on titan who mm. we interviewed her english we voice did. actress yes, and she's awesome um <laughs> she's look, dope look out for the word she's association dope. on that one uh, yeah right <laughs> um 
versus Hisoka from Hunter Hunter. And I love Hisoka and he's right. a great character and he's crazy, but there's no way I think Mikasa is just gonna steamroll him. Yeah. Attack yeah. on Titan is a Titan. In there's a real in a real fight, Hisoka would win that fight. Yeah. For sure. Well Yeah, yeah yes, he would. Yeah, well. The yeah. the characters in Attack on Titan are incredibly weak compared to other anime because they're they're just people. They're, yeah, they're fodder. I mean, they're just people. I mean, without without her three D maneuver gear or whatever, yeah. like Mikasa's nothing. Which is pretty dope. I want one so, of those. Yeah. So the last character I had here on the list that I thought was kind of unusual and I didn't expect is the other character that everybody knows from Parasite, Migi. Migi. <laughs> Wait, That's- how can we have? So if we have Migi and What's his Shinichi. face? Shin- Shinichi. Does that mean we have to score Shinichi without Migi? I guess when so. We vote? Well, they're on opposite sides of the bracket, so the only way that will happen is if they end up in the final. Which that I'd would say, be hilarious. I'd say your odds of that happening are like a million to one. So yeah, that's probably not is. happening. Uh, who would win in that one? <laughs> Shinichi versus Migi. Well, um, I don't want to would... give spoilers on the end of the series, but... Um, I would say so. Migi is up against Homura from Madoka, mm. and my thought there is Homura is probably the most popular character from Madoka. Yeah, but I and mean Madoka, as we saw in the nomination process, didn't get as much love as what I would have expected. Well, Homura is a six seed, and Migi is an eleven seed, so there is some difference um, there. But yeah, I mean, Parasite is pretty big right now it is big but madoka is kind of big too yeah so i don't know i don't know my god my god so much i don't know so yeah i think that the character battle is um it has some really interesting things going on in in it and some of the matchups are are really great there was one there's one matchup that if that that if things play out really well it's going to be super interesting because in the lower right in the lower right left, sorry, in the lower left corner of the bracket, we have Kamina and Guts, and then below that we have Gon and Simon. Oh. So if Kamina and Simon both win their first matches, the second round match will be Kamina oh versus Simon. You're gonna break my heart. <laughs> so, and of Don't which I, fight. of which I would have to think Kamina would win. I I agree. So there's some interesting see, stuff going on. See, but Kamina would lay down his life and let Simon win. That's the kind of guy he Kamina is. would just like uh, show his show his abs uh, or whatever, and that would be the so end of it. Sad. Uh, Kazo, you made me sad. Spoiler: Kamina dies. Just wanted to That's say that. Way to go! <laughs> I'm sorry. The statutes of limitations on that anime is way. I feel up. like I feel like we need like something even more than spoiler for stuff like that. Like, yeah, like massive <laughs> plot point. Show ruined. If you think about it, Kamina is not even an important character in Gurren Lagann. He dies on the eighth episode. It's kind of. His spirit is important. I mean, yeah. The memory of him is important. That show could basically have functioned without what, him entirely. What? That show could have ended with Kamina's death yeah. and been amazing. Oh my god, that yeah. would have been mind blowing. Rather than, anyways, we're not talking about Gurren Lagann right now. But I actually, I actually think it would have been a better show if it had ended there. I can't even remember how he dies. Does he get blown up or something? Yeah, he yeah, gets, he uh, gets stabbed. Up. I think when he's in, he's he's fighting he's, and yeah. then like doesn't he get stabbed like through the I think so. Mech so long ago that I watched it, but anyway, so yeah, and there's like that sad image of just him like slumped Slumps. over. Oh yeah, it's very With a small smile on his very face. Very Spike even in death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spike's not dead. So not yeah, whatever. Nobody, no Spike death. Spike didn't die either. It didn't happen. So yeah, and as I said, I did omit four characters from this contest. The prior winners. 
I uh, I omitted Lelouch Lamperouge because because he won the first contest, um, yeah. and he could only use that trick on you once right. to get you to add him. Yeah. So Major Kusanagi won the last time I think, so she was omitted. Ed Elric won the second character battle, so he was omitted, and then Spike made the final twice, mm-hmm. so I took him out. Oh, he seemed like the obvious winner if I included him. Yeah. So by taking him out, so, the winner is kind of unsure, and well, I think that that's interesting. Now I think Goku's got a strong chance because, as we mentioned earlier, Spike's been the one to knock out Goku. The His past arch two times. nemesis is gone. Well, you know, I think that people kind of are tired of Goku, and Dragon Ball Z continues to slide into obscurity as time passes. So we'll see. I don't know. I still love Dragon Ball Z, but you know, Goku. I don't. I think Goku probably won't win. Anyway, so yeah, the character battle is the nomination process is, or the, the the prediction process is still going on. If you go to the website, click the banner, you can go to it. It will take you directly to the bracket. So not only can you look at the whole bracket in its entirety and see all the characters that are going to be involved, but you can create your own bracket and thus enter the contest. It's totally free. Takes a couple minutes, and honestly, you'll have fun making your bracket, trying to f- figure out who's going to win all these matches, and also. You're going to have fun participating in the polls and stuff over the next two months. And you'll want to be able to root for your, for your bracket. Yeah. You know, and it's gonna, it, will, it will be a lot more meaningful for you if you do fill out a bracket because then you have something to You have a rooting interest in the contest. But make sure, too, that, again, as we said before, if you fill out a bracket, please, please, please finish it. Oh, my God. For God's sake, finish it. Every year, people fail to finish the bracket. It's really not that hard. <laughs> I mean... You're already there. Just finish I mean, it. yeah. For God's sake, there's we have we've got people who like who pick the winner and then they neglect to do like four picks from like the the one of the quarterfinals. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm like, for God's sake, people, you're leaving points on the table. Like, you're not gonna win if you don't finish the bracket. So. All right. Well, that was uh, interesting, and I'm looking forward to that. Of course, um, we're gonna take a little news break here, and when we come back, we've got a few impressions to go over. So stay tuned, and we will be right back with that. This is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. Now, first up is something that I don't get to say very often with anime adaptations in Hollywood. It has to do with the live-action adaptation of Ghost in the Shell. Disney has recently rescheduled the release of the DreamWorks live-action film, but they have pushed it forward. It's been rescheduled from April 14th of 2017 to March 31st of 2017. Now, two weeks may not be very much, but there's a whole thing here where I'm saying, oh my gosh, they're moving it forward. It may mean that they're actually happening. As far as everyone knows, Scarlett Johansson of The Avengers, Lucy, and Lost in Translation is still slated to star in the film as the major. In the past, some of you have commented of the fact that my anime news breaks can be detrimental to your wallet, and unfortunately, today may be no different, as there are new Cardcaptor Sakura goods, and they are gorgeous. There are three new figures coming out, two of Sakura herself and one of Lee Sayoran, and oh my gosh, they're so pretty. Just look them up online. There are one-seventh scale Cardcaptor Sakura, in the same outfit she wears in the series' first opening sequence. 
and it costs 11,880 yen, which is about 100 US dollars, which really, let's face it, isn't too bad for a beautiful figure. It measures 7.25 inches or 185 millimeters high, and Kato is at her side. Now, of course, the figure of Soran is also beautiful, very vivid colors, and the last figure is figure maker Plum producing a 1-7 scale of Sakura in her yellow dress costume from the anime's second opening. This figure will ship on May 31st and costs a little more at 12,960 yen, which is just under 110 US dollars. Even if you can't afford these figures, I recommend looking them up online because they are truly works of art. For those of you who are still figuring out what anime conventions in the States to go to, Akon in Dallas has recently announced that Japanese rock band Seven, also known as Seven or Seven Oops, will be performing at the June 5th to 7th convention. The band had previously performed at California's FanimeCon in 2013. Now Seven, for those of you who don't know, has performed themes for Naruto Shippuden, You and Me, and The File of Young Kindaichi Returns. Most recently, they're providing the second ending theme to Shigatsuwa Kimi no Uso. Finally, the next time that someone tells you that watching anime isn't educational, pull up a picture of the stone mask from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and then compare it to a series of masks discovered in the Judean deserts that are currently on display at the Israeli Museum in Jerusalem. They have a striking similarity, but I think so far, no pillar men have come to claim them. This is Shiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. This podcast is sponsored jlist.com. And we are back to the 274th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, broadcasting straight from the Florida anime experience in sunny Orlando, Florida. Uh, that's right. We're chilling on the bed. Mitsuki has his shirt off. We're cuddling. Yep. Chiaki is staring at us awkwardly and confused. Wearing her Khaleesi outfit still. Dresses the Khaleesi. That is yeah. true. And, um, I'm not very confused. Not this, confused. This doesn't she, confuse you me. You knew this was. You knew what was happening. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a few impressions to go over, quite a few actually, um, and we're going to start off with Ghost in the Shell Arise Alternative Architecture, or as I like to call it, Ghost in the Shell AAA. Triple A. Triple A. All right, so let me start by saying that this is going to be the worst impression anybody's ever given in the history of this podcast. I just want to say that right now. I love the standards that you're awesome. setting up for this. And, I, and I'm not saying that the anime is bad. I'm saying that I will be giving a terrible, I will be doing a terrible job of doing this impression. So this anime, Ghost in the Shell Rise Alternative Architecture, which I think it's called because this anime is, for the most part, based off of an OVA which came out previously. So if you think about it, it's an alternative architecture of a show of the same title. So the Ghost in the Shell Rise OVA came out in, t- in 2013. So it's already out there in the universe. A lot of people have probably already seen it. So this is done by Production IG which has done a lot of things, and most people are familiar with them. 
And the director of the show is is a man named Kazuchika Kise, whom also did I think he I think he did the character designs for this anime as well. And uh, he's a busy man because he's been involved with a lot of stuff recently. And I'm I'm checking out his directorial credits, and he did. What else has he done? He did. He's done other directorial work for for Ghost in the Shell, and he directed the first part of the Ghost in the Shell original anime, and also the third part. So he's heavily involved in Ghost in the Shell. So I imagine he knows his shit when it comes to the series. But I don't see any other directorial credits other than animation director under his name. So maybe this guy is just someone who exists in the Ghost in the in the Shell universe. First thing I have to say about this anime is that it looks amazing. I mean, this is not a show I would watch streaming online. I would definitely watch this on Crunchyroll or Hulu or one of those services that can get it to you in, in, in some kind of an HD format. And if, for whatever reason, those aren't available, I would at least make sure that you watch it online in HD. Like, if, you're gonna, if you must torrent it, which, you know, I don't really... I don't, I'm not a big proponent of that, but if you must, I definitely think you should get a 1080p torrent because yeah. it's, good lord, it looks great. It's like Fate Stay Night great, like Fate, Fate Zero level. Well, Ghost in the Shell has always had a reputation of being really good looking. Right. A lot of the um, the major has been re has been reimagined. Her her image is not the same as it used to be in the old shows. She she's still very attractive. She's still very thin. Obviously, she's still female. She's her hair color is the same for the most part. But uh, her 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 overall like face is a little bit different. So. If those of you that haven't seen Ghost in the Shell Arise before, like I'm sure, Kazu, I'm sure you know what what uh, what the major looks like. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, all right, well, you can see her here mm-hmm. in this picture from a prior Ghost in the Shell anime, and you look at her here, and she's not the same. Yeah, the hair color and style are different. She yeah. looks, from what I can see, she looks younger. It looks like she may look younger. She's still badass. I mean, it's. But the other characters are mostly the same. I have to say, I like the reimagined major a little bit because I feel like it, it's a very respectful kind of adaptation yeah. of her. Yeah. yeah, but why change it? Why, why change a good thing? You know, I'm not sure why they changed it, but Bato and Togusa are, for the most part, the same. Yeah. They look the That's same. That's what I'm confused by, though, is, is if you change one character, change all the characters. You also have a, 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 a generous helping of Tachikomas in this, although I don't recall them ever referring to them as such. My impression was becoming was beginning to. And by the way, I don't know anything about Ghost in the Shell. I'm like a total noob, newbie, and I don't. For some reason, I'm, I'm under the impression that that the Tachikomas are kind of old technology, and so they don't get used very often. But they they're using something that looks like the, they look the same. They use them pretty regularly in the in the show. I mean, but yeah, they they're kind of there, almost for like comic relief, you know, at times. So I'm going to I'm going to really lean on this three word synopsis as a crutch because my god this show in 2027 Motoko Kusanagi is a highly skilled agent of the military that meets Daisuke Adamaki, a former soldier who is currently the chief of police of uh, the or sorry the chief of public security section nine. Their encounter sparks the assembly of an elite new unit within section nine. And in the show there is like a political deal going on between. A company in in Japan and an organization that I think is located in Africa. And by the way, this is the one of the most confusing sh- shows I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell in general is almost impossible to watch subbed. Like this is there are few shows where I say you gotta watch it dubbed, and this is one of those shows. I mean, it is it is absolutely monstrously brutal. 
they've got um they've got a deal going on for some kind of water trade. I think water has become a, a precious resource. And which I'm sure any Californians out there can relate to. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And there's a deal going down. There's like a press conference happening in this high-rise building. And below the building there's a protest going on because there there are people that were protesting the deal. I think it's for some reason I think it's unethical. And then amongst all of that there is a like a hacking group that is able to to not only are they able to hack your ghost, but they're able to hack your ghost and replace your memories. Oh, jeez. Okay. Which makes you, which basically lets them influence your actions. Yeah. You know, they could like have a person in front of you appear and make them like the most horrible, scary person that murdered your whole family, and then you would just go crazy and start shooting them. You know, this is kind of um, reminiscent of some of the prior stuff that they've had with Ghost in the Shell, with you know people getting inside of their minds and things like that. So. Uh, it's right. definitely something they've done before. So, similarly. so the police down on the street that are managing the riot just decide they're just going to blow away all the people with, with their machine guns. So they go, they, they're like blowing away all the people. And they're even shooting each other. That's a bummer. So there's lots of that happening. People are getting killed. And then in the meantime, the major is very badass. She kind of appears in the press conference. Well, she's cloaked. But she comes in the press conference and she shoots one of the, one of the major business partners in the back of the head while she's giving her press conference and kills her. So it's basically the Wait, original movie. Wait, is this movie the opening? original movie all over again? Like, no, this all sounds. Well, like... it's very similar in that she does dive off a building cloaked. So if that's what you're thinking of, yeah, that does happen. And then do we get and the then... opening? My body. No, none of that. Okay, stop. Okay, so <laughs> that was awesome. So she, so she's running across this conference room on these on these dinner tables, and she's shooting this window. So when so when she gets to the window, it's been weakened, so she can dive through it. So that's what she does. She dives through the window. She continues to fall down the building, and a helicopter has located her. And I guess they're able to track her, even though she's cloaked. And it kind of lowers down right next to her, and it's just pelting her with machine. And she's gun on the roof of the building. No, she's falling, free falling at this point. Okay, I'm like trying to remember. Like this is exactly the same as the original. So I don't remember her getting pelleted, pelleted with machine gun rounds from a helicopter. Or anything. Um, no, but I do remember she was being chased by a helicopter, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, regardless of all that, the the helicopter blasts her like a hundred times and knocks her into another into the side of the building, and so she ends up like fifty floors lower. And does she run out into the water? No. What the hell? This is the same exact thing. <laughs> what is going on? Anyway, so she's okay, and then you know, battles happen, and they apprehend. God, this this anime is so hard to understand. They apprehend this woman who has two ghosts inside of her, and one of them is like, oh, for God's sake, there's she's been involved with someone, or she's able to. They didn't think previously that that it was possible to replace memories inside of a person's mind, but they, but then this girl basically says that you know they they're able to do it, and that they're able to do it fairly successfully. So it's like Inception, I guess. This anime is like this is this is this is what it's like, okay? They're having a conversation. They don't really explain things to you very very easily, and they expect you to keep up with incredibly fast dialogue that is very thick with techno babble. You get you get words like like plural dualisms and I'm like what the fuck is that? And so while I'm trying to figure out what a plural dualism is, they've already gone off and like talked like 30 more lines of plot and then I'm screwed. I've basically right. screwed. So basically, so, so, what I, so what I have to do is I have to, I, they say a line and they're talking about some complex military deal and I'm like, okay, trying to understand all their, all their different relationships. So I pause it 
I read the line and think about it, then I unpause it, then I pause <laughs> it, and I read the line and I think about it, and I unpause it. And that is so irritating. I mean, I don't know if that's how it is in English. It's and a little I, bit easier to, to, to navigate in English. That's why I say to watch it dubbed because it makes well, it a little bit easier. Too late now. And I don't, I'm not going to say this is a, this is a negative. I'm, I can't really say this is a negative thing of, of the show because if I was Japanese, I probably would be able to pick it up easily, more easily. But for those of you that are not well, well, well accustomed to Ghost in the Shell and can't speak Japanese, prepare for a painful experience of having an, a show with great action that looks beautiful that you're not going to understand a goddamn thing that's happening. Unless you spend a lot of time going back and reading about it and, you know, putting in effort that I'm not willing to do. Do you think it helps if you're really familiar? Do you think it would help if you're really familiar with the franchise? Like, I don't know how familiar me yeah, you are. With I just Ghost said that. Okay. I just said, if, unless you're a person who's watched the prior stuff oh, okay. and gets it already, then, you know, you're probably going to be screwed. And even then, it, it really sounds like just more of the same, like... Well, Almost to a T. It's bizarre. It only got worse in the second episode when they caught the girl and were taking. They took her to a lab, and they were analyzing her and some crazy techno babble science shit happened. And I'm like, I don't understand any of this. And then they got to the third episode, and I didn't understand that either. <laughs> <laughs> but there were some really cool fight scenes in the second and third episodes. Some of that, some of that hand to hand combat stuff that you know that I love, Kazuo. Oh yeah. In that third episode, when the major gets her ass whooped pretty significantly in that third episode. So, yeah, I, I you know I I like this anime, but I really can't say I get it at all, and I and I'm sure that that's probably my own fault and just my inadequacies as a fan of Ghost in the Shell. It's like okay, so I didn't I had never seen Fate Fate Stay Night, right? Right. Yeah. So I went and I watched Fate Zero, and I totally got it because Fate Stay Night is brain dead simple. There's basically nothing there. You know, it's a battle royale with care with heroes from the past. The end. Mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell is an as an anime that that you could probably hold a college course on postmodernism about. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure people do. And Ghost in the actually. Shell has been. I mean, yeah. goddamn, this show is complicated. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell itself has been so influential in in all manner of sci-fi books and movies. I yeah. mean, just God, there's so many different things that I could I, mention. Ghost list in the off. Shell really is like a type of show that you watch and it makes you think about humanity and life and your yeah. place in the world. Like I, I'm a, you know, I had a high school teacher who, who, who did a class on the matrix, mm-hmm. postmodernism of which, the matrix, right. which is based off of ghost in the shell in a large way. Well, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, there is a lot of that hacking into your brain or whatever. So yeah, you know, this is an anime that I'm probably going to keep watching just because it looks great and I kind of want to understand it. But I'm going to recommend that people just go back and watch the original OVA, you know, that came out that came out in 2013. It's probably more it's probably more well put together than this TV series and I think that it's a lot easier to watch something all at once, especially when it's a complicated subject matter than it is to watch it in 20-minute pieces broken up over over multiple weeks. I could agree with that. So I am going to keep watching Ghost in the Shell Arise on my own, but I am not going to pass it. I think there's too much stuff to be watched. I don't think it's a bad show at all. There's nothing for me to say about it that's bad, but it is just a retelling of something that already came out, so it kind of isn't even like its own original thing, if, okay. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this one's going to not pass. I, I guess I'm not going to fail it, but I'm, it's not passing. Because I, yeah. Hit so. that not pass drop. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. So, I guess I am up next with a, a little show called Plastic Memories. 
Um, now, Plastic Memories, and I'll pull up the synopsis here, from Aniplex. 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 After failing his college entrance exams, 18-year-old Tsukasa Mizugaki is offered a position at the renowned SAI Corporation due to his father's connections. Uh, SAI Corporation is known for its production and management of androids that possess human emotions called Giftia. Tsukasa's position is in the Terminal Service Department, where their main job is to recover Giftias that are close to their expiration. It is a graveyard department in every sense. To make matters worse, Tsukasa is ordered to work with Isla, uh, a female Giftia who has never given any re- who was never given any responsibility other than serving tea to her coworkers. Oh. Um, so it's a pretty interesting show. Uh, it's it's um. As you heard in the synopsis, they, they, these robots, these androids, they exist, uh, but they have kind of a short lifespan. They usually last about nine years or so um, because they have issues with maintaining memories uh, over that period of time. So once they start to run out of time, they have to take them in and shut them down and wipe them. Um, the thing is, though, is that a lot of people in this show, and you see it in the first episode... You know, they use these androids because these androids are so human-like. They're indistinguishable from humans. Uh, And a lot of people have them as family members or as people that work for them or work with them or, you know, people to keep elderly people company. And as you would imagine, getting rid of someone that you've spent a great deal of time with for over nine years uh, to have to say, you know, that's it, your time is up, but we're going to have to end your life. It's it's quite emotional. Um, in the first episode, and I'm going to pull up a kind of episode summaries here that I found on good old Wikipedia. Always helping out. Um, the the first episode starts with uh, Sukasa getting the job. Um, so he's working in this kind of collector department where they go in and they pick up these these androids that are that are reaching their their ex- expiration date, for lack of a better term. And so he gets hired on just because he knows someone who knows someone. So he lands the job. And uh, he meets everyone there and goes out on his first collecting job uh, in the first episode. And it's an elderly woman who has a little girl that she's been kind of, you know, she's had as almost like a granddaughter for nine years. And the girls helped her around the house and things like that. And the old lady doesn't want to get rid of her. And oh, let me tell you, if you if you do not cry at the end of this first episode... There's something very wrong with you. You're just not human. You're just not human. Oh, my. That's that's a pretty um, it's They know what they're doing, and they do it on purpose, and they make me feel, and I don't want to feel, but... I just want to be numb. I just want to be numb. Comfortably numb. That's why I drink so much. I'm just kidding. Um, So... You know, they go and they have to collect this little girl because her expiration date is coming, and and if they don't, then their memories get all wonky and they fall apart. Um... And so they have to do it. Uh, there's no way. There's really no way around it up to this point in the show. Uh, and so, through a lot of tr- convincing, they finally get the elderly woman to to give it up. And they take the the little girl and they put her in the back of this like kind of truck. And they, you know, wipe her memory and she falls asleep. And that's it. And, but before she does, she's like talking to the elderly woman and she's like, you know, don't forget to. Uh, you know, dry your hair as soon as you get out of the shower because I don't want you to catch a cold and, and, and you know, make up with, you know, your neighbor because you're rubbing it in. And I'm like, oh, God, she, she just wants her to be happy. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's, it's so, so emotional. Um, and then the second episode. 
That's, that that's such an awful thing when you're like, and then the second and episode. And then the second episode. Is it like a Wari No Seraph where you're like, first episode, five out of five, second yeah, episode. It's, it's similar. Um, the second episode, you know, they kind of continue with their work. Um, it, honestly, I don't, off the top of my head, remember much of what happened in the second episode other than um, the girl that Sukasa is working with. Um, what is her name? Uh, I think it's Yasutaka. And she's been working there for a long while. As we mentioned in the episode one summary, she's the one that's always like at the office getting people tea. Would you like some tea? Yeah, those, um, that position exists. Yeah. Every office has a woman in it that does that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so well, that's her position. But the thing is, she's actually a, a, a veteran. She's been, she's been there for... She's a tea veteran. She's, she's, been, she's been there for a while. And as you know, as a robot or android or whatever, who's been there for a while, her time is nearing its end. Um, you find out, I don't remember if it was the second or third episode, but you find out that she's got like three months left. And so she is having this like internal crisis where like, you know, she doesn't say anything about it, but she's like constantly writing down in her journal and trying to, you know, keep memories logged and things like that of just random stuff that she does. And, you know, she's she doesn't want to die and she knows she's going to die in three months, which is freaking i can't even imagine um and so she's uh and she's constantly going through these like training they have a training facility like to train them in like swimming and uh all kinds of like um just different physical things to keep them in shape but the thing is although she's going through this and she does very poorly uh giftia don't they don't grow as far as their physical abilities so she's kind of just doing this to maintain as much as she can. Right. Because she's slowly slipping away. Um, and, and that's kind of the bulk of the second episode. The third episode kind of continues the trend of like, eh, it's going down. Um, it, the Sukasa ends up having to live with, I'm sorry, Ela. Ela's her name, the robot. He ends up having to live with Ela in the company dorm- dormitory for whatever reason. It's a, a rule that they have to, the spot, the what they call the spotter and the marksman, mm-hmm. which are the robot and the human they work with, they have to live together for whatever reason. Um, because anime. Because anime. So the, the the bulk of this episode is him trying to get her to be friendly towards him because she's very reserved and off. Like she gets home and she has like this special special seat that she sits in to kind of just like recharge or to like sleep or whatever, and she doesn't really leave the seat. So she goes, she gets home, sits in the seat, and that's it. And so he's like, he wants to interact with her. He wants to befriend her because they're working together. And so he's going around and like asking different people that he works with, like, how do I, what do I do? What are some tricks? What can I do? Um, And everything he tries just fails miserably. And there are some funny moments, but then there are some other kind of, uh, you know, weird anime moments where like he falls and lands on her and stuff like that, as you would expect in like a, you know, not very good anime show. Um, and, and that's pretty much the bulk of the third episode. Uh, now it's, here's the thing with this show is that episode two and three kind of like fell into these like standard anime tropes, um, and weren't all that great, but episode one was so strong and it's, where is the show going though? Is it just, that's what I'm, that's does it feel I'm, like, does it feel like a show that's just going to be like, you know, an episodic one yeah, robot like episode thing? like Here's the story. Here's the story. Here's the no, story. No, no, no. It's a, it's a continuing it's a continuing story. So I mean, it's gonna go somewhere. I mean, 
I just don't know where it's going to go. Um, it's, this, is, this is definitely like the most difficult, do I pass it, do I fail it, do I pass it, do I fail it? Because, as I mentioned, the first episode was so strong, the overall idea of it is so just emotionally uh, powerful. And, but I'm concerned about these last two episodes. I don't know where it's, it's going to go from here. Uh, but I'm, I'm gonna just pass have it. to pass this show. You did it. Good job. I really, really hope it goes back to its roots because it, it started off so strong and I would hate for it to kind of like slip into this everyday dribble, you know? And it feels like a show that, that really has, uh. A subject matter that makes it super, super easy for them to sort of yank at your emotions. Right. You know, I mean, especially with like the time limit or whatever that's placed on these. So it's like basically every time one of these robots expires, someone's going to have their heart broken. And just depicting that and making you watch that makes it easy to yeah. mess with you. And so. I think what's going to happen probably is that, you know, the main character and the giftia that he works with are going to build this relationship over the course of the show which will lead to the inevitable of her having to be shut right. down. And then once it gets to that, I think it's going to really be like, oh, my goodness. And, of course, him trying to not have that happen and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I think it's got a, a great deal of potential, and I'm looking forward to see where it goes. Okay. Is it my turn? I believe so. So the first anime I'm going to give an impression on today is... Whole Kago no Pleiades, or Wish Upon the Pleiades. And this is the anime that I selected because I was like, you know what? I'm a little, I'm curious. I'm curious by this anime. This anime was produced by Studio Gainax, and it's in collaboration with uh, Subaru, as in the car. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom, the car company. Zoom, zoom, Subaru. zoom. No, that is Mazda. Oh, that's Mazda? Yeah, that's Mazda. <laughs> oh, shit. And, and the reason why this makes sense in collaboration with Subaru is Subaru originally went to Gainax and asked for short original net animations and advertisements to be made with anime characters that could be used to promote Subaru. And Subaru in Japanese is Pleiades. That's it's the constellation Pleiades, the, the star cluster. Oh, it's, whatever. they're the same. Oh, that's interesting. That's why Subaru's logo oh. is the five stars. See, oh, see, that's interesting. I did not know that. So the story follows five girls who come together and they're brought together by this alien, then this alien's like a cute little blob thing um, that is from the Pleiades, and it's a Pleiadian, and his. So it's a foreign planet. It's like alien planet. Yeah, he's it's from like a star cluster. Yeah, or? it's uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Whatevs. He's, he's an from, alien. He's from space. He's a cute alien from space, and his spaceship got destroyed. It got broken apart, and so he's trying to rebuild his spaceship and the way he does that is he gives these girls powers and so the anime starts out with um subaru who's the main <laughs> character and she's her last name in preza or uh, wrx sti you know i i don't think so um this anime starts out with subaru and she is interested in the stars and the constellations and there's this meteor shower that she's trying to watch and of course you know it's like one of those like come to my club and watch the meteor shower with me Wait, and no but are one there, wants to do are it are there five people in that club well because there's we there's need... there's no one there's no one in the club and so she's all bummed and oh, she's no. stuck at the school and it's raining and she what, can't see the meteor shower what are we gonna do what to are get we more gonna people do in our club well actually this is the reverse where 
she then gets roped into these other four girls. She magically gets access to this room that should otherwise be locked unless it's the chosen one who opens it. What? So it, okay. it's magical. It's okay. a magical right, sure, show. Sure. So she opens this classroom that they've magically sealed. Like anyone, think like Harry Potter. My vibe was like Harry Potter. Like okay. they put a spell on the door and anyone who goes to open it, like either it's locked or like they right. suddenly remember something they have to do somewhere else and she opens it. And all of a mm. sudden it's like, oh, you're here. You must be one of us. And so she's a magical girl transformation and there's four other oh girls and they've been waiting for the fifth and they haven't been able... There are these falling stars that are parts of the um, spaceships, the Pleiadian spaceships engine and they go and they try to get it mm. and they haven't been able to do it with four people but of course once they have the fifth one they're able to do it mm. and... One of the other girls, Aoi, is like, there's like a history between Subaru and Aoi. Subaru went to a new, I think it's middle school. I think they're middle school students. Um, when Aoi went to a different one and they both kind of have this moment across episode like one and two and, and their relationship evolves where it's like the, why did you leave me behind? It's like, I didn't leave you behind. You left me behind. And it's that kind of like okay. friendship thing of like two people and whatnot. But see, here's the thing about this anime. This anime is really nostalgic feeling from the perspective of it. It's so old school charm. Like it's not trying to be anything more than like a cute magical girl show. And it's kind of weird to think about, but I forgot who wrote it online, but someone, someone wrote this and it's a perfect way to think about this show it's been so long since we've had the traditional magical girl show in its true purest form, simplest form, most whatever wonderful form, however you want to view that most magical, most form. magical form that it feels most fresh. dangerous. No dangerous, most dangerous. Um, no, that it feels, it actually feels fresh in a weird way because you're watching it and you're kind of like, Okay. It's been so long since I've seen this that it that it's firing on the right cylinders. Um, and you have this like villain who comes in and they're trying to get the the engine parts and things like that. But I mean, it's very much like here's five characters. They got to work together. It's about friendship and the power of teamwork. And they have magical girl transformations. And it's a very simple like we got to do this because of this. And we're the chosen ones. And we're helping out this other power or, what, or whatnot. And... And that's all there is to this show. And on one side, I watch it and I'm charmed by it. And then on the other side, I watch it and I go, I, I have to want more. At this stage in, in watching anime and, and reviewing anime, especially for the show and whatnot, I, ha I feel like I have to demand a little bit more than that. Um, because... Just that is is good, but I know exactly what this show is going to be. I could probably give a score on this show, not seeing the rest of the episodes and have it be correct mm -hmm. as the episodes come out. Like this is a solid like three show. It's the kind of show that you watch and you know what it's going to be and it delivers. And if that's what you're looking for, it's like a five out of five because it doesn't bullshit. It's not going to deviate. It's very pure in what it's offering. But at the same time, it's nothing that is amazing. And this season, we actually have quite a few shows on the cusp that I think are better and deserve to pass over this one. So as a result, I'm not going to pass this one. No Mazda? No. 
You mean Subaru? Subaru? No, Subaru. No. Are, now, are you not going to pass it, or are you going to fail it? I, I'm going to. I don't want to. I don't want to crush this one. I'm just not passing this one. Oh no, God! No, God! Please, no, 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 no! I, I feel like there's a lot of not passing in this season, particularly yeah. because there's so many shows that, as you said, are like threes. It's like it's good. But it's there's there are there's shows that are just better. And and I gotta say, like if you're someone who loves like the original Sailor Moon or Card Captor Sakura or whatever, I mean, I, watch watch an episode of this show and and try it. The the director he was the director on Fully Cooly, and he was also the director for Mahoro uh, um the summer special of that. So like the director has like one or two credits that are he was also the director for this um this ugly yet beautiful world um so he has he has some stuff but he i noticed on his credits he was the episode he was an episode director for one episode just one but of card captor sakura and it almost feels like it it feels like that like if you love that old school magical girl and you want to have that like nostalgia moment or you want to get into magical girl and you want something that's pure to the magical girl like genre this this is the anime for that um but but i can't i can't pass it because that's kind of all it is so okay uh so i guess it's my turn again um and i am going to be giving my impressions now on gunslinger stratos uh now when we said we we're going to do impressions on this episode as we were preparing for the podcast and i was like oh yeah gunslinger stratos I don't remember anything about Gunslinger Stratos. And I watched the first three episodes I was gonna say, the you, other day. You're, you must have watched them fairly recently. Yeah, I watched them the other day and I was like, I don't remember anything about this show. How do I not remember anything about this show? And so I had to do, I, I looked up a bit and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Okay, so <laughs> maybe that says something. Gunslinger Stratos is uh, based off of a video game. It's a third-person shooter um, that uh, I think was published by Square Enix uh, was in arcades um, back in 2012 uh, over in Japan. It's like a um, a light gun type game, uh, and so it's I think an- I've played this before. Have you? I think I played this game in arcades. Oh, oh really? Cool. Yeah, it's like I think this is one of those games where you stand at the machine and you have like two two guns on each hand for each hand, and you the controllers the the game controller is the gun. Like it has mm-hmm. it has like it has like analog sticks on the gun. I, I uh-huh. could be mistaken. Oh. Let me look this up. Oh, interesting. Okay, well while you're doing that, um, I will say that the studio that is making this anime is A One Pictures, uh, who you guys have probably heard of. They've oh, worked yeah. on a ton of things, um, and the director is Shinpei Izaki, who you may know from absolutely nothing. I don't. I I looked him up and I. Oh, there's nothing. There's no credits. So I have no idea what he's done other than Gunslinger Stratus. I've totally played this game. You played this game? This is a game where like you you're playing the game with one gun, okay? Uh-huh. You have a you have a gun and the gun has the has the controls for how to, for moving the character on on the screen and shooting with your gun. And you're you're basically in like a free for all in a cityscape with other with other people mm-hmm. and you'll like leap over a building or yep. Or like charge into them and crush them, or you know use a special attack or roundhouse kick, or come off the side of a building and shoot them in the head. Like yeah. like it's basically a free for all melee shooter that you play in the arcade with other people that are standing there with you. Huh. Right. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, and that's similar to some of the fights that occur in the anime. 
Um, I'll read the synopsis from, from another synopsis from Aniplex. <laughs> um, Aniplex. Aniplex. Uh, and uh, the synopsis is AD 2115. The island nation once called Japan is now known as the 17th Far East Imperial City Management District. They are not fans of brevity. Uh, the citizens were promised a life of peace in exchange for some of the comfort they were used to having. People believed their lives would never change, and tomorrow will be the same as today. No one suspected the impending doom which their city or their society was about to face. Degradation, a rare disease which led to the total disintegration of the human body to a mere pile of sand was slowly but surely spreading throughout the world. Toru Kazasumi, an ordinary student, becomes embroiled in a multi-universal battle between this world and a parallel world of Frontier S Stratos. This meant that Toru must fight himself in an alternate world. Their futures collide as their paths cross. Will both worlds ever find peace? I gotta say, this sounds pretty badass. Doesn't it? Um, okay, so it does sound pretty badass. It's, uh, so it's about this kid... Who's in a school? Oh my god! And, wait, uh, wait, wait! How did we get from that awesome I, description yeah. to? Well, I think in a I think I think part of the awesome description was my uh, narration. Oh, of right, what I'm right, just right. saying. Mm-hmm. All right, naturally, so. I give you full credit. Thank you, thank you. Um, so <laughs> it's this kid named Toru. He's in a school, and um, it's as they mentioned, it's kind of like in this post. I don't know, not, not post-apocalyptic, but this, this. It's a new Japan, um, and he is you see him in the first episode that he's kind of like in this almost like laser tag kind of room where everybody's running around with these like or paintball or laser tag type guns and they're just running around and jumping off of walls and doing all kinds of acrobatic stuff and like laser sword fighting and like shooting each other with these you know paint paint blasts and um that's exactly how the how the how the video game is you just kind of jump down off the side of a building you know run up the wall flip over your guy shoot him i mean it's i I gotta tell you, I was terrible at that game, but but yeah. it was a lot of fun. The fight, the, the battles are pretty cool. Um, but in in the first episode, so you're seeing him and he's training, and he doesn't. They don't even. I don't even think he's aware of what what he's training for, but he's just training. And um, he has this girl who really likes him and kind of follows him around. And her brother is kind of like the badass of the school, and um, and he has a little girl that follows her around. That's like always like, oh, I, you know, whatever, I love you and stuff. <laughs> um, so. He ends up, they're walking home from school, him and the girl that follows him around. Because, as you know, every, you have to have a little girl, that fo- a girl that follows you around everywhere, obviously. Come on. Naturally, I mean, you're no one if you don't have a little girl following Who you Who doesn't? Around. Yeah. So, yeah, he has a, uh, this girl following him around, and he runs into, he sees this purple-haired girl, and um, she is kind of like crouched down drawing on the ground uh, in chalk. And as he goes over to her, he sees that she's just drawing, uh, writing this insane, almost like mathematical equation or something crazy and intricate on the ground that she's been writing. And then she kind of runs past him and, 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 and leaves. Now, he had, a, I should have said this first, but he had a dream about this very same interaction like the night before where she runs past him and then he turns around and then, and then himself shoots him in the head and kills himself. That's crazy. So he had this dream. Then he sees it. Turns out the little girl's like a hologram or something. So he follows her around a corner into this back alley. And then he falls into this like 
and it sees like in a factory or something and he just like falls through like the smoke and then appears and he's falling from the sky into the city so, so, so would you say that is this like a time travel show it's like an interdimensional show okay so he's falling into the other dimension Ha, ha, have you seen the movie uh, The One with, with uh, Jet Li? Yes. Is this like that? It's kind of similar in that, you know, in, in, that, in the other universe, there are exact replicas of themselves. So he falls into this other world, and he sees that world's version of himself, and he's like this badass, and he's fighting and killing and stuff. And it gets kind of weird and a little convoluted. It's it basically somehow some being... Uh, has come to the earth and has cursed everyone with the disease that we mentioned in the synopsis where they like just disintegrate out of nowhere. And um, like a shitty ass disease. And so in order to get the cure for that disease, I think they have to fight the other world versions of themselves. And if they win, then they live, I think. That makes no sense at all. I don't, it doesn't make, well, you know, and it's based off of a video game, which doesn't have much of a story. So it's kind of like, they were just like, I don't know. Uh, you got to fight yourself. And like, there's like an interdimensional thing, whatever. People whatever. Just, you know what I'm saying? You do what you got to do. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, are we going to slip into that again? <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Sometimes you just got to travel to another dimension and fight yourself because you're going to disintegrate if you don't. And, you know, who wants to disintegrate? I'm just saying I'm trying to keep it real on the streets and I can't be keeping it real if I'm turning to sand and shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, so he has to go up in that dimension, pop a cap in a fool's ass who just happens to be himself in that other dimension. Oh, shit. That just w- got real. Word. So that's basically what the show's about. Um, <laughs> so, gosh, I don't even know where to go from here. It's the action's pretty cool. It's not. Uh, you showed me recently a show with some hand-to-hand combat. Shadow Skill. The Shadow well, Skill. No, but you were saying the, the show that you were comparing. Oh, I showed co- you Michelle the third episode of Lyrical Nanaha. Yes, of Lyrical Nanaha, and that was like some cool, intricate fighting kind of yeah. hand-to-hand combat. It this is not that good. Uh, it's not as it's not as good as what I showed you from Lyrical Nanaha. No, it's just. They're jumping around and they're shooting each other and they're hiding behind walls and then they're shooting each other. Man, that's disappointing because like the lyrical Nanaha scene I showed you was what maybe five percent as good as the shadow skill scene. Yeah, I showed the you shadow skill is insane. Um, so the fighting is interesting but not that good. the The characters have had next to no development up to this point, other than it's kids in a school and the girl likes the boy, but the girl's brother doesn't like the boy but there's another girl that likes that boy and God doesn't sake. like the other boy because he doesn't like the boy. So it's like, all right, there's, I mean... I like boys. Yes. Um, Just thought I'd put that out there. I like girls that like boys. So anyway, the... God, there's the story is... I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it sounds it's, like you might pass this one. The story's pretty freaking weak. Yeah, is it? <laughs> it's uh, Well, it's based off of an arcade shooter that doesn't have a story. Yeah, so... I mean, and I'm looking at, like, on my anime list right now, and it's got, like, a 6.82. That's pretty low. Which is about as low as you see on my anime list. Man, after all the, ba- after all the talk of badass fight scenes and stuff, I would have thought it was a little higher. But. The synopsis... It really sells it well. That was good on, good on you, Aniplex, for like, you know, false advertising. Marketing. <laughs> Marketing. Not false advertising. Technically, everything they said is true, but it's just not as exciting as they made it sound. Um, so, yeah, this show, 
I don't even know who would want to watch this show unless you're some kind of weird fan of the arcade shooter. I don't even know how you would have known about it unless you lived in Japan. Um, but yeah, on this one, um, I'm, I'm not going to not pass it. I'm going to straight up fail it. That is one big pile of shit. You're fa- oh, you're failing it. With, with conviction. With conviction? You f- oh, with conviction. Okay, so bye-bye, Gunslinger Stratos. You're better off as an arcade game. It is fun. If we ever go to Japan, well, we can probably play that. Cool. But we're going to get destroyed by Japanese guys who have spent thousands of hours on it. Yeah. So we've got what one you more can impression. You, what can you do? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you, know, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, my God. So my last impression <laughs> is Hibike Euphonium or Sound Euphonium. And this is an anime that I picked because I I got a little bit of an interesting vibe from it from the PV and the explanation. And it kind of had that like K-On-esque feel, but but charming. And Wait, you're saying K-On wasn't charming? Okay, Kaon was charming. But Choose your words wisely. In a different way. In a different <laughs> way. Um, and I was completely right. So this is one of those anime where it's like I read the description. I was fairly interested. I read. I watched the PV. I was even more interested. And I watched the first three episodes and I went, yes. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> Hibike Euphonium or Sound Euphonium is an anime about bands. And this isn't like Battle of the Bands, like Beck bands. This is like high school brass woodwind, like bands. Awesome. Like band club. Is there a percussion? There section? is percussion. Awesome. Of course. Awesome. Um, and the anime starts out with the main character who is going to a new high school because she wanted to kind of have an opportunity to branch out and do something a little bit different and whatnot. And she's looking forward to a fresh start. And here's where the anime sold me right off in the first episode. She's getting ready to go to a new high school and she's putting on her school uniform. And one of the things that she said, one of the reasons why (laughs) she picked this particular high school was because she liked their school uniform, which (laughs) I've heard girls in Japan talk about since a lot of these high schools will get like prestigious high schools will get these big name designers to design their school uniforms. And it's actually a really big thing. And so she's talking, she's talking about, you know, how she liked their school uniform and then it shows her and she's looking in front of the mirror and it zooms in on her legs. And this could be a moment when are they nice? They are, but this could be a moment where it goes really fan servicey, but it stays something that, that resonates is so authentic to me as a girl who's been there where she rolls up her skirt and she looks at it and then she rolls down her skirt. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like that moment where she's in the mirror going, ah, do I roll it up and Mm -hmm. try to get away with wearing my skirt a little shorter or do I wear it as it's supposed to be worn? And then she has similarly another moment where the anime could have taken it and made it really inappropriate. She grabs her chest and she looks at herself in the mirror and she grabs her chest and she gives another sign. She's like, I don't know why I believed that my that my breasts would grow before high school. And so like it's all of these things that they someone watching it. And and I'm sure there's probably people out there who disagree with me. Someone watching it could look at it and go, oh, my God, that's so fan servicey. Like they're having her grab her tits and showing her legs and stuff. But watching it as a girl Mm -hmm. like it doesn't we've talked about the male gaze on the show before i've talked about it about how g-a-z-e what (laughs) g-a-z-e wait is that how you spell it gaze 
Not oh. gay people. Oh, oh, no, I know, no, no. that's what I'm sorry, saying. Sorry. Gays, as in like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to clarify. <laughs> okay, sorry. I didn't, my brain I'm, I'm didn't even go sure there. I'm trying to make sure the people listening um, aren't like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> but we've, we've, anything. we've talked about that before about how media is produced from a white heterosexual male perspective and, yeah, and that whole th- theory. <laughs> whoa, um, whoa. <laughs> but the thing that I liked about this scene is it didn't go there. Like, as a, as a girl, I remember doing stuff like that. I remember being in high school, like on the first day of school and like looking at my shirt going, is this too much cleavage? Do I have enough cleavage? What do I want to? And so right off the bat, it like rings with that authenticity that I really like. So you start out the show by, you actually start out the show with the end of her junior high school band career. And so it starts out in in the very first scene that you see these characters. Um, they are waiting. Um, they're sitting. They're sitting there. Uh, Kumiko is sitting there with her friend uh, Dana, and they're having the announcements read at a band competition. And they didn't make it to na- to nationals. And Kumiko is kind of like. Uh, Dana's like, I'm so upset. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. And Kumiko's like, did you really think we would make it to nationals? And Dana's like horrified that she would even say that. That cynical bitch. Um, and so, so it starts with her going off and she decides to join, she ends up deciding to join band club in her new school. She wasn't even thinking she was like, maybe I'll do tennis or something. But her new friends that she makes, um, Hazuki and Sapphire, um, and Sa- Sapphire. Sapphire gets teased for her name. Is and she a stripper? It's cute. No. And it sounds um, like a stri- there's Sapphire, there's Cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. Come on down Where's to Peppermint? the main floor and um, have some rock love. that body on the floor, girls. Let's but, go. <laughs> Cinnamon taking the main stage. She gets teased for her name, but but they're interested in joining band club and she ends up going and she's like, well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll play another instrument. Maybe I'll tra- play the trombone or something. Um, because... In the past, she's played the euphonium, which is this big... Okay, yeah, you got to explain. that. I, I'm told this is a real instrument. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like... Think like a baby tuba. That's probably the best Aww. way to describe it, is oh, it's like a baby little, tuba. Little baby tuba? Little That's baby cute. tuba. She's holding it, she's holding it in, in the picture... Um, in the picture art for oh, the I've show. Oh, I've seen that. So it's something that if you look it up, you'll... You'll know what it is. Um, That's so cute. But it's kind, of, yeah, it's kind of like a little baby tuba. It's um, like a tuba mixed with like a French horn. Yeah, something like that. It's like a tuba, French horn, have a baby, and you can carry it, but it's still pretty large and whatnot. Um, and so, of course, Reina ends up being at um, at the same club, and so Kumiko is kind of like, I things are awkward. What do I do? And the first three episodes are really about her acclimating into this club, getting roped into playing the euphonium again. There's the, you know, really, there's the really quirky over the top character. That's a lot of fun to kind of to to watch and and see who's leading the brass and whatnot. And, And it's just it's an anime that has so much heart and charm, even after the first few episodes that makes it really worth watching. Um, 
And it, it, it just it just resonates well with you. So and I think one of the things I, I already know that you're gonna make a comment that I'm not interested in hearing. So I think one Whoa. of the things that she just bulldozed you, bro. <laughs> wow. I think one of the things that am I wrong? No, I was just gonna say I mean, this isn't the first time this studio has done a club's uh, music anime. So Yeah. I, I mean, how does this how does this show set itself apart from Kaon? See, the difference for me between this and K-On is K-On has the dynamic of, you know, oh, we got to get the club started and whatnot. And there's no dynamic to that. Like, there's no, like, this doesn't start out of, like, we got to find this person and we got to find this person. The band has members. Like, the band has a big group of people and the first years are having to, like, they even say, like, for popular instruments, first years, you're going to have to audition and things like that. And people with pri previous exper experience are going to have to, to do that and whatnot. And so it doesn't feel like the normal club show that it's like, here's the formula for a club show. We have someone who loves doing something and then they're going to want to start a club and then they have to get the club members and then they struggle to have the advisor and then like they they play and then they blah, blah, blah. Um, so I would say that's one thing that sets this anime apart is that it it doesn't follow that club formula. In fact, the, the main conflict of the story right away and it's introduced at the beginning and then it's reintroduced when you get into the club is it's the club deciding what do they want to do for themselves? Because the teacher, the teacher comes in for the club and he says, you guys are going to have to decide. He's like, I'm not, I'm not the type of person who's going to decide, you know, you have to go to nationals and push you to that. Cause if you want to, if you want to compete and you want to go to compete, he's like, you have to be willing to put in the effort. I can't do that for you. And then he's like, but if you just want to have fun and make memories, that's okay with me too. And then we can just do that. So, so I think the crux of this story is kind of like that deciding who you want to be and what you want to do. And, and, you know, I think the reason why I, I feel some of this heart from it already is that this director was the director for air, the 1000 summer he was the director for um, Clonod and Clonod After Story. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, so somebody's going to die. Yeah, this show. is. Yeah, they're all going to die by the end. <laughs> he did work He did work on k He was um, an episode director for a couple episodes. He did some key animations, some storyboards, and um, he was an episode director for the k movie, which I'm kind of like, how do you be an episode director for a movie? But um, he was the director for Canon. Um and he's just been involved. He's been involved with a lot of stuff. He was the director for Nietzsche Joel, which is another show that didn't quite resonate with me, but I know a lot of people love, and it does have a lot of charm to it. So this guy, uh, this guy has a lot of credits behind him that, that people know and that kind of show that he's tried and true. Yeah, it sounds like he has a pretty substantial resume. I mean, I, with, you, you mentioned Air and Clonaut After Story. Yeah. I mean, that's enough right there. But um, you know that these are anime that you've mentioned that sometimes they they have a lot of very dramatic, sad content in them. So I wonder, yeah. I kind of wonder if this anime will take a dark turn by the end. Does it feel like it might have an, an opportunity for that, or is this, or is it going to be just a lighthearted K-On? You know, you know what I have to say is, is there's nothing, there's nothing foreshadowed right now. Like there's not that character who's like leaving the club room coughing or something like that, <laughs> or like the character who's like my grandmother is sick and I'm going to play for her. There, there's nothing like that right now. 
But so far, it's done such a good job of putting itself in that real world place and tackling real world, world issue. I mean, again, with the skirts. And it, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I get it. But but there was another scene where the one of the administ- club administrators walks in, who's kind of the hard-ass teacher, and is like, girls, roll down your skirts. Wear them at the length they're supposed to be worn. And you see like half the girls like, all right. <laughs> like, and all the guys are like, oh, man. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's one of those anime that it, there maybe is a touch of that kind of bittersweet because we've already had a discussion with one of the characters where one of um, Kumiko's, did I get that name right? Um, one of her senpai is like, what you need to make sure you do is that you enjoy these three years and you kind of live without regrets because they're going to go faster than what you think. And so there's kind of that, like there is that, there's that nostalgic bittersweet haze to it. I think that I pick up from watching it where it could go to a very serious place, but there's nothing, there's nothing that I'm watching. You're going, Oh my God, she's going to die. She's going to die. You never know. She might have cancer or something. Oh, in in the end, they're all like on a bus going to the next <laughs> performance, and it just crashes and burns. Well, see, and that's the thing is that it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me with how the anime is being set up. It is it is charming, it is fun, it is somewhat lighthearted right now, but it is it does have enough real reality to it that I wouldn't go, oh my god, what happened to this show? If all of a sudden they took it to that place, so. Obviously, if you didn't know in the first five seconds of this impression, this is a definite pass. Wow. Wow. It sounds really good. Yeah. Maybe it's another slam dunk for that director. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on board. I'm definitely loving what I'm seeing. So to go back through, Ghost in the Shell? Sadly, I think you should just go watch the OVA. Yeah. That was my summary of that. Uh, Plastic Memories? Interesting. Hopefully it goes back to what got it to the dance because the first episode is it will make you cry. Watch it. Um, Hokago no Pleiades. Very cute. If you love Magical Girls, totally watch it, but it just isn't up to snuff compared to some of the other shows we're passing. Okay. Then Gunslinger Stratos. There is no real story to this and the action's not even, it's not good enough to save it. Just go play the game. And then finally, Hibeki Euphonium. Which is, I just raved about for a while and yeah. totally worth watching. Awesome. Okay. And that's it. Those are the impressions for this week. We do still have a few more impressions, we do. which I guess we'll be doing on the next episode. This was a, a very interesting episode broadcasting from our yeah, the uh, Florida hotel anime room experience. at the Florida Anime Experience. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, usually we broadcast live every Sunday, yes, we do. Yes. but not this week, but not this week. Um, we will be broadcasting next week at 4 PM Sunday, Eastern standard time at youtube.com slash C slash AAA podcast. So be sure to check us out there, subscribe, watch the old episodes, watch the other little videos that we're going to be posting in the near future. Uh, also go to aaapodcast.com, the new and improved aaapodcast.com. Wow, thank you. It is shiny. It's got new artwork. Soon it will have artwork of me, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you can check out the forums, which also are new and improved. And no, the forums look amazing. Are amazing. And, oh, thank you. And uh, mobile friendly as well. So be sure to check that out. Um, rate us on iTunes. Um, did we have a five-star review for this episode? We'll just read hey. it next week. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's a bit so, of a weird episode. This is a weird episode. This is kind of like a weird one-off. But 
Of course, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, twitter.com slash AAA podcast. You can follow me at twitter.com slash AAA Kazuo and Chiaki. At Elise Kova, E-L-I-S-E-K-O-V-A. Yes, of course. And uh, until then, I hope you all have a wonderful week. And we will see you next time. Time to go do more panels. See you guys next time. Take care, everyone. I love you.